What is up? Welcome in to the Easy Smoke in the GM Podcast. I'm Ezra McCann, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Simeon Wolverine, or former Simeon Wolverine, I should say, and Grambling State All-Swack second baseman, Brandon Williams, a.k.a. Coach Smoke. Smoke, what's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing? Glad to be back. All right. And, of course, NFL draft enthusiasts. You can read them all the time on NBC Sports <laughs> Chicago, the My Teams app, Glenn Morgan. He's the GM. Hey, Glenn, how are you? Man, I'm, I'm feeling good, man, hanging in there and, uh, you know, just watching and observing like I always do. It's what we professional observers do. We watch, observe, and, you know, get it back to everybody else. Well, I must say, we can start off my, my therapy session here, as I told you guys <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's just something about being a Bears fan <laughs> and getting a Bears win that just, you know, just makes, makes you week, feel good, man. Makes the, makes, makes the week easier, right? Yeah, man. It's like, a, like just, a, just a huge weight just lifted off your shoulders. It's like, ah, I can enjoy the rest of my Sunday. And then the rest of the rest rest of the ongoing week. Now I know where we are. This is not a very good football team. It's not a good football team at all. But I just feel good today. Just 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 for that win, man. It was and it was a good win over over uh Houston, uh thirty six seven on Sunday. So uh so good for them. Hey, yeah, just it. just to, it had just been to, a while. Just to throw out the is uh it tells a lot about how GM gave his initial reaction to your introduction. The past few weeks, knowing that we starting with the Bears, <laughs> you can hear it all in his voice. And this uh, week, this week is different. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, man, dinner, dinner was much better on Sunday. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever TV show I watched Sunday night along with, with Sunday night football was just better. I just, man, I just felt good, man. What can you say? I didn't so yell at my kids as much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They they even had a good Sunday. I bet just just because of that. So let me let me ask you. Let me just just ask you guys this. We we know Houston's not a good football team. Right. Their defense is terrible. Yes. You know they 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 had a lot of guys out on mm-hmm. the offensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Did we learn anything from this Bears team? I I the one thing I I took from this is that. They, I think they came out and they played for their guys, and I'm talking about Matt Nagy and, and Mr. Trubisky. You know, say what you say about those guys. You know, that team really embraces them, and uh, I, I, that's that's what I thought. I thought they came out and they they gave it their all just to you know, just to 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 to, to get the monkeys off their back. It's been, it had been a while since since we had won, and it's been a lot of negative uh, vibes around here. You know, with those guys, and they, and they play for their guys. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I that was the mindset I had. It was like, man, like it looked like they really came out and had Trubisky's back. Like it looked like they took on the mindset. Look, we're tired of hearing Trubisky versus Watson, Trubisky versus Mahomes. You know, let's go out here and make a statement versus a team that yes, the Texans are bad, but hey, we're bad too. Like so, you know, it looked like they they came out really. Really had energy. Uh, defense. Yeah, they were, they were fired been, up right off the bat. Yeah, you know, and the defense who've been down for the past couple of weeks, you know, they they put their imprint on the game. And the offensive the offensive uh, side of the ball continued to play well. Like, 
although it ended bad last the previous week, but they we saw some positive signs with the offense and it continued this week. And the defense just put it to where Nagy didn't have a chance to mess it up. So, you know, the game wasn't close, you know, and I, and I get it. The defense really, I feel like they came out and made a statement. Uh, in my opinion, it, it was, it was, it was fun to watch, you know, it was fun to watch. Uh, right. Yes. Um, oh man, you you yeah. gonna be negative, man? Uh, no, I'm gonna be pragmatic. I'm gonna okay. be, I'm gonna be real. Okay. Uh, and, and you know, I'm, look, even in my negativity, so to speak, I've still been positive. It's just that I've been positively negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I I think a lot of what you said, both you guys said, is 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 true as far as the players' temperament. And they, they went at it like, hey, this is the last four games. You know, we're going to go out swinging. I, mm-hmm. I, I get that. And, you know, damn everybody else. Damn those guys from the easy smoking the GM podcast. You know, damn everybody <laughs> else from any other show talking negatively about us. And, and that's, you know, it's a bunker mentality. Okay, great. That's fine. But you still have to execute. And yeah. what I did see, I, I saw an offense that looked less naggy and more somebody else. Mm. I saw them getting rid of the ball quickly. I saw all the rollouts we said that Trubisky should do. I saw him getting the ball. At, he was still going to his first read 90-plus percent of the time, but his first read was open, and a lot of that had to do was precipitated by that 80-yard. I couldn't believe my eyes. He made it to the touchdown. <laughs> oh, oh. Did you did you see that hole that opened up? Man. Oh, man. Hold man, on. Yeah, I, I, I think – and if you guys go back, because I replayed it back. If you guys go back and replay it, I see Charlton Heston standing there with the big cane. Oh, man. And it was like, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, 1960-plus version. Yeah, it, it, was I, a, it was a huge I, hole. I thought the Bears had the 90s Cowboys offensive line. <laughs> that whole Emmitt Smith running through there. Yeah, but man. see, here's the, and here's the thing, man. We, we talked about it. And we, we've been saying it. You know, have the players do what they can do and have them do it so they can execute it more proficiently. And, you know, that's born in practice and comes out in the play. You don't have Infetti being pass protection. Have him. He's a better run blocker. So he did. He did what he what he can do. Have Montgomery get the ball in a situation where he can do something and he can make people miss in space. You know, don't have him running into uh, a closet and saying, "All right, do your do your job." You know, yeah. give give him a little more room. Have Trubisky like, look, we know you're limited. We know you have a capacity to be able to do some things. Let's have you do those things consistently and and have that, you know, go time and time again and be repetitive throughout the course of the game. Don't have him do it for a little bit and then ask him to drop back and be, you know, Tom Brady and and Peyton Manning or Mahomes or whoever. Have him do what he can do consistently. And that's what happened. And he still made some mistakes. You know, that's going to happen. But those things were mitigated by the fact that the running game started off earlier uh, and had some success. And then your play action is going to actually work. And we saw that. And we saw quick passes so the players weren't getting tackled by the ground because Trubisky's throwing a pass and they got to die for it and they get tackled by the ground all the time. We saw the guys catching the ball on the run and making quick moves. And now everybody – you know what? You made me think about baseball, uh, ironically. And when we have those pitchers who are up there and they take forever to uh, to pitch the ball – and then, you know, the defense, which could normally be good, is delayed because they're just on a hill sitting back the whole time and they just don't have that same reaction. Here it was like a quick like, get that picture out there, like, like we did with Giolito. 
hey, you know what? Make your delivery quicker. You make it quicker. You're gonna hit. More, you're gonna be more accurate. Everyone's gonna be in the flow, and that's what I saw from that. So I, I saw those things happen. Now, granted, we saw it happen against one of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. where you kind of have a little the bit 30th, of like the thirtieth ranked <laughs> defense, yeah. right? And they looked every bit of that. But here's the thing, it, you know, and this is where me being negative is positive. We've seen the Bears play against really bad defenses all year and look bad doing it. Here, they look like, okay, we're better than you. We know we're better than you. We have better talent than you. We should beat you down, and you're on a road. And that's exactly what I saw happen yesterday. Or, you know, Sunday. Excuse me. Sunday, yeah. And, and, that, and that's why that's what I speak on, like like you say, with a, it looked like a less Nagy called offense, mm-hmm. less Nagy ran offense. But the same could have been said against Detroit until <laughs> – until he got hold of the offense. Until they got <laughs> tight, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's that's why. Yes, I, I I I like what I saw on the offense, but this week the defense looked like they came and was like, you know what? Okay, we took two weeks where we looked bad. This week we we gonna show that we we still a a pretty good defense, you we, know. And and that's and that's what that's what I mainly took from it because. Yeah, we say the te- the te- we know the Texans are bad, but we all saw Thanksgiving Day what Deshaun Watson did to Detroit, mm-hmm. and we saw what Detroit, what Matt Stafford was able to do to our defense, and for our defense to come out there, it just seemed like they had a little extra motivation that I think with with having their guy back, you know, and and that's what I took a lot from. To pick to piggyback on that, you know what I saw? I saw. Uh, Akeem Hicks that was closer to 100%. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw he was out there, man. He was making plays. He was jawing. You know, he it, it felt like, okay, that's 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 the Hicks we're used to seeing. And and you saw Khalil Mack out there balling. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think we've seen that level of and, and granted, you know, uh Mack gets double, tripled sometimes, you know, but you saw a real deal Khalil Mack on Sunday, and, and that that definitely helps that defense, no doubt. Well, it's it's a lot of what we've been saying. I mean, it's hard for those guys, Mack and, and Hicks and any of the other, Quinn, any of the pass rushers, to actually pass rush when, you know, you're fighting every, you know, from behind all the time or yeah. a team that has the opportunity to be able to play action you so you're not as aggressive getting upfield. You, you have 14 nothing lead, and, you know, a team that doesn't have its weapons and it's bad to begin with, and the offensive mm-hmm. line has always been questionable at the Texans, even with Larry Matunzel being added to it. Uh, it's still a very questionable offensive line, and you can get after anybody, even anybody, even, excuse me, even someone as, as good as Watson, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, we may, you saw Watson make the Lions look bad, but he made a, a bad team make another bad team look bad. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's all relative. So the thing is, and, and going forward, this is, okay, how can, you know, are they going to re- rinse and repeat? Can we rinse and repeat against the Vikings, who's, you know, a team exactly where we are, six and seven? Yep. Can we rinse and repeat against a bad team that's playing to, to lose, to win in the lottery when it comes to getting a quarterback? And can you play and rinse and repeat against a Packers team that may still be playing for overall home field uh, in the playoffs? So, you know, how we finish out, which – Brings to mind, Ezra, and I have to apologize to you. You said the Bears are going to do what the Bears are going to do. It finished nine and seven. I did not, did not say that. <laughs> you, you did say that. And, and it's possible. Strong, it's possible. And I, you know, I'm figuring. I'm thinking more. Maybe maybe seven and nine. But you know, it, 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 
you know, it could, it could be eight and eight again, you know, as far as that goes, which mm-hmm. puts us in the same quandary <laughs> that we're in, because now the question is, what do we do with Mitchell Trubisky? Well, let me let me ask you this with that. Now, I would say there's no way he's coming back next season. Not 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 with the Bears. Um, just based on you're not going to franchise him, right? I, I, I don't know. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't give this guy over twenty million dollars for for a season. I, I no. Okay, let me ask you this: the Bears finish eight and eight. Heck, heck, they finish nine and seven. You're 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 in position to draft what quarterback comfortably to say that'll be your new franchise quarterback, and what free agent quarterbacks are really going to be available that you really want that you think are going to make a bigger difference. Unless you're planning on keeping your same defense, getting a free agent quarterback who comes in, and let's say. It's uh, my guy from uh, who's backing up in uh, New Orleans right now. Um, first, James, uh, James Winston. James, yeah, let's say it's James Winston. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't 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 laugh at me, Chicago land, and, and, and those who are listening out. Podcast will. Hey, Winston hey, looked decent hey, this year, hey, man. Crazy enough, I would love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, Winston you know, looked he, decent, but I don't. I I really don't know why they benched him. You know what, man? I like thirty for thirty-two, but I like watching it when it's you know on TV and it's ESPN. That one is my quarterback <laughs> <laughs> throwing thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions in the season. I'm just saying. The point being, you're going to find yourself spinning your wheels again. I, I don't know if Winston, you know, is the guy. He hasn't proven that in the NFL yet. And and when he's looked good, like you said, it's with a better organization, a better coach team. And I I don't know if we're that coaching administration that that coaching uh, uh conglomerate that has that ability to be able to get the best out of his players because we've seen and we've all said it before we've seen the chicago bears not to get the best out of a lot of players that have gone elsewhere and look like you know really good players and, and strong contributors if not you know consistent starters so I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't okay. know that they don't franchise him. I don't know that Let Mitchell me. Trubisky can't get us a, a, a good contract somewhere because is Trubisky going to be a starter somewhere else? Hell to the no. Not. He gonna be, right. But so, he's going to. But he's going to be a long time backup in this league. Right. But yeah. to our to our point to our question, what do we do with Mitchell Trubisky if well, he if he if he gets fran- as as up, as upset as he was here this year? You know, here's here's how you here's how you smooth it over. Twenty million dollar contract. We'll commit more to the do, the things that you do well. And here, it's a prove-it year for you, for maybe for us, and to heal wounds, or it's a prove-it year for you to get that, you know, starting contract possibly somewhere else. That's how you smooth it over with Trubisky. All right, GM. Man. The franchise yeah. tag for this year for quarterbacks, $26.8 million. I don't feel comfortable with that, man. I, I don't either, but that's, this is the quandary we've allowed ourselves to fall into because mm-hmm. you still have a defense, and you we, you just talked about it. These guys look like themselves. You still have a defense that is a championship. You can't tell me there's not one team going to the playoffs, AFC or NFC. Maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers might be the only team, and they're hurt defensively, but in terms of talent, the Steelers might be the only team defensively that's like, no, nah, you can keep your defense. We're good with what we have. Everybody else is like, you know, uh, you guys are pretty good. Yeah, we'll take you. I'll so, agree with that. So you have a championship-caliber defense at the very least, a uh, championship contending caliber defense. So you go into next season and you didn't make a decision because you finished nine and seven or eight and eight, and you're not going to get the kind of quarterback as a franchise quarterback to kind of do the restart, which would make sense in terms of maybe unloading some of your defensive talent and starting over. That's not going to be the case if you finish eight, eight, nine and seven. Now you're saying, Hey, we're right there. 
now we know what direction we want to go in. We're better at play calling. We know we're more confident with what you can do and, and so on and so forth. $26 million for one year, you might do that if you're trying to, A, keep your job as the head coach and keep your job as the GM because, you know, that is your pick. There's a lot that goes into it, man, besides just how the fans feel. Yeah, it's it's this is like a nightmare, man. This is you know that that good feeling I had going into this week is starting to starting to erode now. Because this because this because this is what I said. This this is when when Foles came over, my mindset was Trubisky is start about seven or eight games, and we'll see it's not really working, and we'll go to Foles late. When we went to him so early, my fear was. He goes down, he gets injured because he has an injury history. Trubisky comes in, plays well, and we're duped into giving him some money. <laughs> that was my fear. And right now, it's looking very realistic to franchise him. Not to give him a long-term deal, right, but right. to franchise him. That is right. looking very realistic. Like, it, it still gives us – we can still draft a quarterback, but we're probably not – depending on where our record is, we're probably going to lose out on them quarterbacks that, like GM mentioned last week. Maybe. We may not. But at the same time – Yeah, you're you going to end up – we're going to end up in the in the mid to high teens. Right. You know, and uh, so – No, 9-7, no, and seven, you're in the 20s, bro. 9-7, you're probably going to be like 18 to 22. I don't, I don't think they're going well, to – Well, it's, it's, it's eight teams in the playoffs this year, right? Each, seven, each – Seven. Uh, seven. seven. Yeah. So, 14. Yeah. So, you probably – yeah, you – if we make the playoffs, we in that, but like, because we can make the playoffs at nine to seven, correct? Yeah, well, they're only a game out right now. Yeah, I so. mean, uh, uh, a win over Minnesota and a loss by Arizona, they're in the seventh spot next week. So yeah, so that can that can change a lot of things too, you know. So so we can still draft a quarterback, but we're still going to need a a quarterback, especially if we don't move anybody on the defensive side of the ball to to get pieces back. I have been seeing something that intrigued me. Uh, Mac for Dak. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't do it straight up. I don't think Dallas would need to add a little something else to that. But it's not the craziest thing, in my opinion. Uh, what do you What do you guys think about that? Okay, I, I think it's crazy because you'll have a. <laughs> we keep talking about the need for a quarterback and the Cowboys have one right there. Nobody has done anything since Dak has left. Right. I'm sorry. There's nothing there that says you get rid of a quarterback yeah. aside from this freakish injury who's been healthy like his entire career, who is like, you know, pulling the company line like he did. He pulled a company line to some degree, even during the whole situation uh, with, uh Kaepernick and what have you you know and everybody kneeling he was still kind of you know pulling the company line as best he could so here's yeah. a guy that everybody respects across the board you know in the state of Texas that's kind of key as well and Texas nothing you know football is big in the state of Texas look Jerry Jones has done a lot but he hasn't won a Super Bowl since you know who left so yeah. uh I shouldn't say that he did he won uh, with he Switzer won. Switzer he won yeah. with Switzer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, but it was it was Jimmy's guys though yeah Jimmy's guys exactly so you know, and not only that, but going to the playoffs has been very difficult over the last 20 plus years for this organization. So you have a quarterback who's taking you to the playoffs, who, you know, with the exception of, you know, Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, you know, played well, you know, in the playoffs. That was his rookie season. So 
you don't, you know, pass rusher, you can draft, you know, Dallas is going to finish high enough to draft a pass rusher. They can right. get Rousseau. They can get Quiddy Pay. You know, they can get a pass rusher. That's not going to be an issue. Oh, they can. Mike Mike Tomlin said, I don't do, uh, they were, they were playing Washington. Hey. And he was talking <laughs> to Chase Young, and he said, I don't want a player like you because to get you, I got to lose 14 games. Yep. I don't want to be that bad. Hey, right. Dallas <laughs> can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's what Dallas is right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. so not to mention free agents. There's going to be some free agents. And Gakwe is going to be out there. Uh, maybe even Bud Dupree if he comes back healthy. So they, they, them getting a, a pass rusher, you know, as opposed to trying to get Mac for the DAC, that, is, that makes no sense to me. Not, so not for you, Dallas. So, so do you think, because they, they have a chance to finish real high up there in, in the draft. You think they pass if they have a chance to take a Kyle, I mean a Trevor Lawrence or a Justin Fields, you think they pass? No, they're not gonna be if, that high. Okay. No, they're not. Right, 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 right. They're not. They're not. They're not gonna be that high. That's not that, no. It, the other quarterback that they Jackson, might Jacksonville will be that right. if, if, if they're gonna if they're gonna go quarterback because, you know, maybe they franchise um Dak one more year. And then they they draft a quarterback this year who they can keep cost control. It would be probably Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. That would make sense. He's very Dak like in terms of build to some degree. Uh, he's that dual threat. Um, but he's you know he's he's a bit raw. This you know if he if it wasn't for COVID, him playing this season would have been really good for him. He's going to have to because you know, he looked rusty even when he came back. You know, and that's at, at the collegiate level, the FCS level, he looked rusty. So you know he's going to be rusty not playing a whole year trying to play at the NFL level. No, he's going to have to sit out a year. Or be in a situation where all the quarterbacks ahead of him hurt. So I don't think Dallas wants to mortgage their 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 viability <laughs> and okay. have all the fans just revolt against them. Not when you're in position that look at the, you look at the Dallas team. You know, before the season began, you look at that squad talent wise. There wasn't a, a more talented team in the NFC. Period. You might have some as talented, but not more talented at every level. You know, maybe their secondary was a little questionable. But athletically speaking, their secondary was there. But they were supposed to have a pretty good pass rush. Their linebackers, their front seven was good enough to help out their secondary. And that offense should have been like, you know, and the offense was killing. So that got killed, you know, on the, on the, on the field. So I, they were dropping points. I wonder if they regret giving the money to Zeke instead of Dak. Yes. I've, I've been thinking about that too. Undoubtedly they do. Yes. Yeah. But here's here's the thing, you know, and I, I don't know how much, and I, maybe I'm, I'm tugging on the wrong uh, – cape here i guess or whatever but dak is a, is a certain cultural difference than most quarterbacks in the state of texas have been outside of when warren moon was there with the oilers and i know it seems crazy in this day and age with as many you know and, you, and you've got you've got in texas right now in houston you've got watson so it just seems crazy to think that but dallas isn't just your average football team it's america's football team and it's in our heart of texas i'll, I'll fight you over that okay Ooh. but i'm just saying that why, why are you not paying him would, would they have they didn't waste any time to pay Ron oh no 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 no, no. I'm, I'm with paying dak right I'm, I'm i'm fighting the america's team who, who the oh, hell said they were america's okay. team well they did yeah i look i don't i've never been a cowboys fan i just had times where i <laughs> i i've disliked them less that's all oh, I, I, hate, that's, oh, I hate that so much yes i agree but that's perception sometimes is reality you know yeah. so what i'm saying is paying a running back of that persuasion in dallas isn't unusual you've had tony dorsett you've had emmett smith you had Zeke, and Zeke up to that point has been able to do all those things. 
so in today's NFL, you don't, you just don't do that. I agree. But again, we're talking with, are we talking logic? Are we talking perception? Are we talking, are we talking leverage as well? I mean, at that time, it seemed as though, uh, the running back had him over El Roberto to some, to some degree. And, and, and Jimmy Jones might've been saying, I don't want to happen. What happened with Emma Smith? You know, when I didn't want to, I didn't pay him. So, you know, sometimes passes prologue in people's minds. So he has some of these factors because it does. I, I really literally like what reason would you have to not pay Dak? I mean, seriously, I, I still don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get it. There's, there's not there's no reason. I mean, if if Wentz is going to get his money in Philadelphia and didn't win anything, he hadn't won a playoff game. He got his money. If Jared Goff, who, you know, had solid seasons, but not before the head coach got there, if he, if he gets paid. You know, and we can pick a whole bunch of other people that got paid. Yeah. Why I mean, would you not pay someone that's successful? Just based off of what you had them for in, in previous years. I mean, you you got them for a, a deep discount, yeah. drafting yeah. in the fourth round. So exactly, yeah, exactly that, that that boggles the mind. But let's get back. Let's 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 get back to uh, Trubisky, and actually, <laughs> let's get back to uh, this this past week uh, leading up to the Bears Houston game. You know, the big talk was. Uh, Trubisky versus Watson, mm-hmm. and Dan Weeder of the Tribune put out a, I guess it's a column, no, no, it, it, I guess an uh, investigative report. <laughs> right, right, right. It's very insightful. That was that was oh, it was so good and it blow it boiled my blood. Oh my goodness, I was I was so upset to find and I I'm surprised I I didn't know this that during the 2017 draft process when the Bears were trying to figure out who who their pick would be. There were three quarterbacks on the board. Now, I'll, I'll give you a pass on Mahomes. No right. one saw what, what Mahomes no. has done. Not at all. He's a Texas Tech guy. There have been a bunch of Texas Tech guys that threw the ball all over the field exactly. and didn't pan out in the NFL. So I, I'll I got, give you I, Mahomes. I got a rebut on that, when, but I'm going to let you finish. All right. Most boards had Watson and Trubisky one and two. Mm-hmm. All right. They were, you know, depending on who you who you're looking at, they were one and two. Most had Watson at number one, right? Right. All right. Your own coaching staff at the time it was uh, John Fox, Fox. Uh, Daryl Loggins, Dave Ragone. Daryl Loggins was the offensive coordinator. Dave Ragone was the uh, quarterbacks coach. They all had Watson ranked number one. All right. And the general manager decides. Nah, we don't even need to need to talk. Well, they talked to him for 15 minutes at the combine. They went to his pro day and did not have an extensive conversation with him, and then just forgot about him. And they went ahead and drafted Trubisky. And oh, and by the way, while they were at the uh, they were at Watson's pro day, they had to rush out of there <laughs> so that they could fly to Chapel Hill to have dinner with Mr. Trubisky. Yeah, that, that unbelievable, man. Well, that's not how unbelievable. Do you, how do you, how do you not how do you, how do you not do your due diligence and do an extensive extensive interview with the person that's either one or two on the board? How does how does that happen? That's that's gross negligence. I don't usually like I said, I said a couple weeks ago I don't like calling for people's jobs. That's a fireable offense, man. How do you, how do you not how do you not do that? Because uh, you had what's called a reservation. I, I don't know why you tripping. When you got reservations, you got to get there, man. 
It takes Man, a long time to get the reservations. It can't be that many people in Chapel Hill wanting a steak dinner. I, 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 well, I have don't you, believe that. Have you been to Chapel Hill? Do you know what they like? I, I haven't been to Chapel Hill. I it's, haven't. It's but, busy on a Saturday night. But I, I used to live in I used to live in in small town Virginia, and yeah, that was no. I I, I could I could get in a steakhouse whenever I wanted to. Oh, I was a nobody. Man. I'm sitting there like, where's Jim going with this? <laughs> Hey man, it's oh man, it's it's that that article was painful to read. Yeah, it was yeah. it was just like it just felt like I was getting hit in my stomach, just paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. But I, when I said I had a rebut on the whole Mahomes thing, yeah, we did the extensive stuff with Mahomes though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did meet with Mahomes. They had dinner with Mahomes. Okay, <laughs> and I'm fine. Like I said, no, no, I'm fine with not. You know, they, they didn't draft him. You know. I don't think anyone foresaw what, you know, an MVP type caliber quarterback uh, that Mahomes has become. Um, And and, and I get it. I get it. Because like you said, Texas Tech, Big 12, like these numbers be ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. so I I, I totally get it. It's just like, man, the things that you read in that article that, that Pace was saying about Trubisky, it's like we have never seen that. His ability to read defenses, his oh. pocket presence, his accuracy. His accuracy. What? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, oh my God. Like, what did what did this kid do show? I mean, he must in baseball where we have a, a phrase called showcase, a showcase player. A player who go to one of them showcases and he looks amazing. Then you put him in the game, and he looks awful. He looks nothing like – he know how to look good to impress somebody mm-hmm. without game going on. And that's that's all I can think about with Trubisky. Like, that's had to be what happened. Like, he, he's a big – he's a big guy. He, he – he, I guess he looks good physically. But, like, like man, like, I wish I could see this, this, this workout because those – those – uh. Scouting report that scouting report on him is like, man, we have not seen that at all. Mm. Like, it's crazy. That's because y'all weren't watching the game that you know he played against Illinois. He being Trubisky, you, you know, <laughs> you, when he came into Illinois, <laughs> state game of the season. I mean, you, know, you you had to come away from that just knowing that you know. I actually, had, I actually watched that game. Okay, what well, you're one of like seven people, and and, and I thought but, he was pretty. I thought he was pretty good. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what happened. I didn't. I didn't see NFL guy. I thought he was pretty good. Oh no, no, no. Pace saw NFL guy, and you know he knew he was like, you know what? Most of the country is not tuned into Illinois football, so I'm watching what nobody else can see. I got this guy. He's on my radar. He's on my radar. Oh, did you see him play against uh, Florida State? They beat Florida, the mighty Florida State. Florida State finished ten and three that year, but that was a bad. That was a, a trending down Florida mm-hmm. State team. Uh, here's the thing, man, and <clears throat> I, I've gone on my rant about this so many times. It almost seems like I, I know it, like you know, like the back of my hand. And you have to, not you, but anybody has to understand what we're dealing with here. When it comes to uh, when it came to Watson, you're talking about a guy who went to back to back ACC championship games, won both of those games, uh, went to the playoffs, and played in back to back national championship games. Now, along the way. 
he's dealing with his mother fighting for her life because uh, she had dealing with uh, throat cancer, I do believe. I think she ended up in a situation where she is unable to speak without the use of a, uh, of a, med- of a medical device that helps her speak, I believe. <clears throat> so you're dealing with that. And you're talking about a guy who also was carrying a full load at college. He graduated uh, while he was still playing football with a B-plus average and, and communications, by the way. And, and he's winning games. And when he gets to the championship game, you know, the ones that everyone can watch nationally because, you know, it's the last game of the year, he's playing against arguably Alabama's greatest defenses that they've had. In Alabama, not like, you know, Illinois' greatest defenses, which have had some pretty good defenses in the past, but we're talking Alabama's greatest defenses. And when you combine his statistics from both of those games, and and the first one they lost, but they barely lost, and the only reason why they lost is because Saban said, you know what, I can't give the ball back to him. Let's do an onside kick. We just scored and went ahead, but we're going to do an onside kick anyway (laughs) because we don't want him to get the ball back because we can't stop him. And then they come back the next year and they stop him for a half because they figured, hey, we'll rush him up the middle so that we can do a better job of getting at him. And Clemson figures it out and he comes on and wins that game. But combined, combined, he had over 941 passing yards against both Alabama teams combined. Two games. Seven, yeah, seven touchdown passes, one interception, and he ran a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. And, and you're going to tell me you're going to ignore all of that for a guy who played 13 games? Hold on. In the same conference as this dude, <laughs> but on the weaker side of the conference. That's not even the best side of the conference. And it's not like North Carolina played Clemson in the ACC championship game in, you know, for Clemson to beat them and go ahead. No. North Carolina finished third in the conference that year and on the weak division. And the year before that, the year before Trubisky played, he was a backup to the quarterback. And North Carolina did play Clemson for the ACC championship game. And North Carolina almost won that game. Hmm. So they did worse the following year. And you're going to tell me that guy is a is the number two pick overall? That, that, that made no sense. And then, like you all just pointed out, is that with Dan Wiederer's uh, story and everything, that you completely disrespected the whole process and this young man who's a national champ, the reigning national champion, a two-time Heisman finalist. <laughs> you're going to completely... You're going to completely discount him because he's got, you know, spindly legs as far as you're concerned. And he had an injury two years ago and you question the trajectory of his passes. Okay. All the indictment right there. Right. Those are some football things, but that's where you do the investigation. You find out more about this young man. And oh, might I add that his head coach compared him to wink, wink, Michael Jordan. Hello, Chicago. Mm And and, and and went on to say, not so much because of everything he does on the field, but because of how he raises, he's that high tide that raises all the boats around him. It's what he does off the field. Mm-hmm. This You want a face of the franchise? This man can't be any more. You can't find a better human being. Oh, and I, you know what? I forgot to add this, folks, and it's my bad. He also was building homes for Habitat in his <laughs> off time. I don't know where he found the time, but because he was paying it forward for what was done for him and his family from the situation that they were in. So this young man is taking care of school. He's taking care of things off the field. He's taking care of things on the field. He's as humble as anybody who's had all the claim that someone that he's had can be. And you say, nah, I don't think so. I think this other dude hasn't done Jack Duda squat. He's better than you. And nothing at the combine, nothing at the combine distinguished them from one another. They both ran the 40 in like four, five, four, six. And they're both in that range. They both threw the ball pretty well in their shorts, like everybody should be able to do. I just, I, it, it, and then you, you don't even interview him to find out how he processes things. 
but you're enamored by a guy who drove a Pinto or whatever crappy car oh, the, Corolla. The Toyota, Toyota Camry. Yeah. Camry. Okay. Same thing. It's, it's all, you know, you, you know, <laughs> a guy who's driving some, you know, cause that that's, that's humility to you. Are you out of your effing mind? You gotta be freaking kidding me. Get this young man is coming from a situation where his mother's fighting for his life and he's got to take care of his his brothers and sisters for the most part while he's trying to go go to school and he's busting his ass what he can to do academically so that football doesn't work out he can still take care of his family get them out of here man so you know that's that's what i get upset when it comes to pace it's like what were you looking at you already had your mm-hmm. mind made up and why was your mind yeah. made up because in your mind's eye your idea of a quarterback fit Something that you're familiar with, something that hmm. looks like you, something that hmm. appears like you, something that comes across culturally like you. You made so. your determination before you even met this young man. Get Speak the out of my face, man. That makes Speak no GM. goddamn sense. He's fired Speak up. Speak GM. Speak. Fired up. No, that, real. that last part is, man, is so real. They do look like each other a little bit. They favored hey, you. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Look, man, it, it's... Okay, you know what I'm saying? It's not so crazy. You, you know, look, man, look, we're all human beings. And if I take, if I put in, if we put in the human component, most people, whether they want to admit it out loud or not, are comfortable with things that they're familiar with, with yeah. things that they can, yeah. they can relate to. And when, when Pace looks into them in the mirror, he's like, man, if I were a football player, I'd be like this dude. I yeah. bet you that's what he was saying. That's just like rappers. Yeah, just like rappers say, hey, man, if I was an athlete, I'd like to be like an athlete. An athlete go, man, if I was a rapper or if I was a musician, I'd like to be like that guy. I mean, it's a human thing to do. So, and it, there's no because because I've thought about this for years. There's nothing nothing equates other than that guy reminded him of him, or he was comfortable with the feel for him, which is okay. I get that, but you need as a professional in your position, you need to get the opportunity and put yourself an opportunity to meet the other people. And then it begs the question. And then this is going tangential to some degree, but like you brought up, smoke. He said, man, but yeah, but they met with Mahomes. Hmm. I wonder why. What's what's Mahomes' background? His dad played professional played baseball. Professional baseball, but he's a professional it, athlete. Professional athlete, but more and what I'm getting to, the elephant in the room that I'm 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 uh, closing up to. Is that, yeah, exactly. So you're comfortable with the culture that you see coming from that because you know he came from a good background. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just it, 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 it and maybe maybe I'm on a tangent. With that, and I'm not no, saying that no, that's the case, but it, it begs the question. It really begs the question. But but that's but that's something that's been on the minds of Bears fans, especially of our community, for 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 so long. That's been the thing that that's been in question, and for that pick to be made, it it really brought it into question. Like whoa, like and and what you said, like when you mentioned. All that about like he familiar, like he he sees something in him that he sees in himself, like that's true. That is true. Like what? he's he's comfortable. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. We don't know for sure. We don't know but, for sure. But, but, I'll, but it, I'll say this, like like you just said, though, perception is is reality in times, and yeah. I can I can point to uh, last week I went to drop something off at my at my uh, my in laws, and. My father-in-law before I walked out the door, and he's not—he's not a sports fan. You know, if the if the game is on, you know, he'll sit and watch. But you know, he doesn't really follow sports all that much. Not a Bears fan. And he asked me about. It. He was like, "So I see that uh, Deshaun Watson is going to be playing the Bears <laughs> this week, and the Bears had a chance to draft him, huh?" 
is it racial? Oh wow! <laughs> and mm. I, I, I was like, I, uh, I don't know. Man. Uh, Man. And I find I can't myself, say that it is, but I can't say that it's not. Man, and I find myself trying to like think, like, and I know Jim, you gave us the list of quarterbacks over time, and like, I, of course, I'm not that old. I can't go back that far. <laughs> Thanks, man. But, it, but I'm sorry. A- <laughs> ageist, ageist. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just I'm like man like when has it ever been another time where we were in position to take a quarterback and the better quarterback was of African American descent and I'm like I don't think that's ever been the case until sure now no, no it had no, oh, okay okay I, I, that's why I said I don't know the year we drafted Caping now instead of taking Dante Culpepper now, why you want to pick a guy okay. who's scraping six feet as opposed to the guy who's six foot four, six foot five, two hundred and forty-five plus pounds and had a seventy percent completion percentage when that hadn't been done in college at that time? I don't know, but you know the Minnesota Vikings were like, "Wow, you didn't draft Moss before, and you didn't draft Culpepper. Great, you get a, a prototypical wide receiver and a prototypical quarterback. Appreciate it." But we took the guy who was six foot one ish, who had small hands from California, where he played his ball at UCLA, because and I. Re- I quote this during the press conference. He's got a lot of moxie. Really? I, I remember that. Moxie. How quantifiable is moxie? <laughs> now, moxie? I, will, moxie. I, will, I, I do remember, I do remember the, the quote unquote experts saying that McNown was the most ready oh, to play at this uh, time. Moxie. Well, I do had, remember that. But you had guys like Todd McShay and, and, and Mel Kuyper Jr. saying Trubisky was, I'm and, sorry, and and now you put, what and now and now you put them guys on TV <laughs> and they'll act like they never said that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They will act like they never said that. I, I I was going one of my boys. He was like, man, he like, how did they pick this dude over them other guys? I say, man, believe it or not, he was rated number one on all the all the big boards. And he like, man, you lying? Okay, I pull it up. And I show him like he was the number one rated quarterback because like, he looks like what they thought a quarterback should look like, and I don't just mean his outward appearance, but I, I, I guess I do mean his outward appearance. Uh, I mean even like his build, and I, yeah. I think I, again, quite not, and if I'm going to be if I'm going to be you know scathing as I was, I'm also going to say it wasn't like Watson didn't have some question marks. Durability was one of those. His, his trajectory of his passes was another one. And how will he fare in a cold weather place like Chicago? Mm-hmm. I understand those as being concerns, but you investigate those concerns. I mean, I don't know. Somehow Joe Montana seemed to work out in San Francisco where it's that's, just as windy, you know? That's why I tell I people. I digress. That's why I tell people I can't be a scout, man. But I can't be a scout. You can't. You know you can't because you know why you can. You know why you can be a scout? Because when you're a scout, you're not just looking at the numbers. You're looking. You're, you're interviewing everybody else. You're interviewing the teammates. You're interviewing the coaches. You're interviewing the neighbors. You're interviewing the guy that works, you know, in the, the sanitation department or whatever. Maintenance, all those watch, guys. You're going to watch them live. You watch like, their practices. You see how they interact. You see how they yeah. make adjustments. You investigate, especially. And here's the thing that's really so jacked up about it, especially when you're picking top three. 
You you don't mess up that pick. You don't have to be like a genius with that pick. It's pretty much like, all right, you know, we got uh, five guys here. We're picking three. We should pretty much keep it to these five guys. I mean, you don't have to go out of your mind doing that. Now, the Chiefs, they did do that. They said, hey, you know, Reed. He's like, uh, hey, look, coaches, I need you. These, these are the quarterbacks coming out. We're in position. We might be able to trade up, you know. Uh, we'll see what happens. And we got a good quarterback now in Alex Smith. We're a playoff caliber team, but you know, there are three quarterbacks coming out. You guys go out and do your due diligence. They went out and did their due diligence and they said, Hey, look, man, um, <laughs> tell you, uh, we're, we're rating them like this. Uh, Mahomes, Watson, Trubisky, uh, because Mahomes has got, he, he just does some things that are just, you just can't teach. You know, yeah. I hate to be so trite and saying that, but that's what it is. It's like, he, he does some things that, you know, we just need to, Think, they were like, think McNabb, who you had, but with a better arm. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. And so you you trade up and you get him. The Texans are like, wow. Okay, uh, the Bears made their move, and uh, the Chiefs made their move, so we better make our move <laughs> because this guy's not going to last till he gets us. So both teams traded up to get quarterbacks who now have big-time contracts, and we didn't who didn't have to trade up because we had a pick before any of them, traded up to get a guy – that we're not even going to keep. I mean, really? This is where we're at? Yeah, man. Again? It's... Again? This is where we're at again? Come right. Come on, man. No, it's... Yeah. To, to learn that... Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, to learn that the hope with, like, Dante Culpepper as well, man, it's like... <laughs> it's just it's just making me wonder, like, are we, are we <sighs> sure? Are we sure Pace ain't getting some... some pressure from... From here's, above. Here's the thing, man. It, because 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 if this has been a culture, this has been a culture of a of our organization. It is it's it's like man, like like it's hard to give it all the pace if you if this has been the organization for all this time. He's he's a part of the blame, but it goes above him too. No, I I I I hope not. I hope well, that's not the case. Well, here's the thing, you know. And it's, I hate to do, it's not so much the pointing of the finger thing, it's just taking things as they are and, and trying to understand them and see if there's any progression from being where they are to going somewhere more forward. Now, keep in mind, organizationally speaking, way back when, um, when the Washington football team was called the Washington Redskins, uh, back in the early stages of uh, this league's uh, in, in its infancy, uh, that former, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the former, the first owner of the Washington Redskins was uh, pretty Jack much. A, Cook. No, no, no. He was, a, he wasn't the first owner. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, he was basically an, an open, you know, racist, white supremacist, so to speak, if, if, if you will. And he, convinced the other owners as well to make sure that black players were not allowed into the league. And that lasted for a very long time. And unfortunately, a lot of the team owners were complicit in this and the bears were part of that. Uh, George Marshall. Yes. George Marshall. Now, even George Marshall's grandniece or granddaughter at this point is like, yeah, take his statue down. My dad, my granddad, you know, my ancestor was, was, was that in the bag of chips, you know, so in, in a, in a wrong kind of way. So what I'm saying is, is that that was a time where people and, and thoughts were as they were. And I'm not condoning them. I'm not justifying them. I'm just saying this is why it was. But that being said, we moving towards the 60s and Papa Bear Hell is still very much part of, you know, the day to day operations, being the head coach and the owner and, and all the things that were involved. Uh, 
with uh, making decisions. And you got to keep in mind, he also was part of integrating the locker room in Chicago, which was, you know, seems like a goofy thing to say that now, but it was a big thing back then. Hence, yeah. we get the story of Brian's song, you know, Brian Piccolo and, and Gail Sayers. You know, so you see some progression in that in that fashion. Now, unfortunately, things were still, you know, it was believed that only centers and quarterbacks and middle linebackers, those were thinking positions. And somehow they didn't see that as instinctual. And they black players would seem to be as more instinctual and, and naturally and athletically gifted. And you know how that trope goes on. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with not just a, a cultural mindset, but an ethnocentrism. You know, it, it's like, you know, this is this is the way this is how things you know, this this is the not the way, but it's the proper way. And that's the way it has been. So I, I don't see any difference now. We move from that. And don't forget, Vince Evans was a quarterback. The Bears drafted Vince Evans. He wasn't a first-round pick, but the Bears did draft Vince Evans. So we did. It's not like we've never drafted a black quarterback, and we've had several since then. Now, not they weren't maybe at the best quarterbacks at the time when we got them, but we've had several mm-hmm. since then. And don't keep and keep in mind, you know, Bears are part of history. First black coach, he us in the in Indianapolis Colts, first black coaches to to coach in a, in a Super Bowl. Yeah. And and Lovey is the second winningest coach you know, as a bear coach and lovey was here for, you know, a good amount of time. So it's hard to just say that they're this and they're that. I, I think there are a lot of layers and then there's a lot of perceptions and, and then not everybody is necessarily always on pulling the trigger. And I think the thing that was most distressing, and this is going back to the Weederer story was that it seemed as though pace made this decision without consulting everybody else. Like it right. should be a he joint. Went, he went rogue. Yeah. 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 He went a little rogue. So that's a little discern, you know, just disconcerting and it, it begs the mind, well, who are you and why do you think you can do that? Mm-hmm. And again, why would you, and you would think someone as young as he is, you know, with the advent of fantasy football and, and all these, you know, uh, metrics that we have that he, you would think he would at least pay attention to that and still give his due diligence, but to completely, uh, basically disrespectfully leave Clemson and, and to go to North Carolina for the guy that you already had your mind made up for, that's where the negligence comes in. Regardless of how he may think about things culturally, that's just negligence of your job, period. Well, Glenn, I'll, I'll remember that draft night. We were actually together that night. And uh, when the pick was made, I said, hey, I don't have a problem with this pick, but know that the GM's, GM's job is on the line if this doesn't work out. This is mm-hmm. – this 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 is on him, and mm-hmm. I think we're at that point now where, Man, I, I, yeah, it's it's I, it's, I it's time to make a decision for, on him for Trubisky's failures. He well. put this pressure on Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to some degree, you're right. Remember what I said before, uh, and I, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what Chris Weber said. Don't blame the guy because you know he's a number two pick. Blame the guy that yeah. picked the number two. Yeah, that's right. You know. But 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 most Bears fans be on Trubisky. I mean, naturally so. But I get it. Look, man, it you know if you're being objective, you can see. And it, I haven't seen a football player, you know, especially the ones that talk. Nat, you know, uh, those who are talking heads, those who are retired, those who are in the media, I have yet to see a football player say he's he's the real deal. And I just want to also dispel because I get upset when I keep hearing he was three and zero. They took him out. No, he wasn't three and zero. He was two and zero. Two and zero. And, and, and twenty one. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> now, now how he gets the win when the other guy comes in and saves the day is beyond me. So and almost and almost blew the Giants game. Yes. So and we should have lost it. 
Detroit <laughs> Right. So, so, so numbers can be deceiving. You know, benching him made a lot of sense at the time because if I'm the head coach, I want to save the season and my job. And I think that, you know, the other guy can give me a better chance. Unfortunately, the head coach, who's offensive coordinator, wasn't good at making calls. And the offensive line fell apart and things went from hell, from sugar to shit real quick. Only thing I'll say to that, Jim, is his numbers wasn't deceiving. We just won. Because his numbers wasn't wasn't nothing. I guess you're saying the win is what is well, was deceiving. No, no his numbers had, wasn't great. But they weren't horrible. Numbers? He he had better touch he had more touchdown passes than interceptions. And okay. they were two and zero under him before uh Foles came in and saved the day against Atlanta. And if you look at the last two weeks, his numbers have been fine. But the play against Detroit, you can look and be like, dude, come on, you got to play better than that. You're the number right. two pick that's, in the draft. You you are you've been in the league, you've been playing for three years. And this is how we you 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 gotta protect the ball. You can't lose it. No, that the numbers mean nothing at that point. That's, that's the play pay said in the article. Why he picked them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So it's basketball season again, and after a long nine-month wait, the Bulls tipped off their first preseason game over the weekend. Actually, the first two preseason mm-hmm. games over the weekend, um, playing at the United Center against the Houston Rockets. They split the the two games. They lost one twenty-five to one hundred four on Friday night, and uh, then one on Sunday, one hundred four to ninety-one. Uh, Friday was. I would I would call it a lackluster performance. <laughs> to be kind, sure, sure. Uh, but I mean, it's it's preseason, so you know how much how much do you really expect from these guys? But I guess the question is going in. You got a a new front office, mm-hmm. uh, new general manager, well, new new uh, vice president of yeah basketball operations, new general manager, uh, new head coach in Billy Donovan. <laughs> Right. Um, do we expect this team to be even just a smidge better than than last season showing? Because last season wasn't wasn't much good basketball played on the West Side. Yeah, I think we'll be two. I, I, I think yeah. we'll be two smidges better. Yep, yep, I agree. So you're saying thirty wins? <laughs> I, pre- uh, I, I predict thirty. I predict thirty three. Yeah, wow. I'm yeah, I'm with you, Smoke. I'm thinking between thirty two and thirty four. Um, it won't show as much early on, but I think mm-hmm. you'll see the team come together down the stretch, you know, uh, definitely kind of like, I don't know if you remember, uh, I think it was 2005 season, 2004, 2005 season. They started off really bad, yeah. <laughs> but then they yeah. ended up yeah. really good. I, I think they were, yeah. we ended up being like a fourth seed. I think we played the, uh, the Washington wizards. But, yeah. And the wizards and smoked, that, they smoked them. Yeah. And then that following year we swept the heat, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They was you saw they they were trending up. Right. Were the Bulls a four seed that year? Uh, they had home court advantage. Yeah, I think they moved all the way up to a. Four That's seed. right. They did. Yeah, yeah. Which is why it was so disheartening to to, to lose because it's like you know figure just win your home games. But uh, and ironically, John Wall was on that team at the time. Uh, I believe right was that no 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 Gilbert Arenas Gilbert Arenas right right Gilbert Arenas my bad Agent, Arenas. Agent Zero was there. Agent Zero. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Gilbert Arena is my bad, but yeah. um, but yes, no, I think I think I think there will be a, a smidge better, a two smidges better, as as I said earlier. Um, it's going to take a moment, but you look at it; they can do a lot of things. Uh, 
personnel wise, they can play big, they can play small, uh, they can play quick. Uh, they just have to learn how to play together. And right now you see yeah. them thinking, especially on defense, you see them thinking about where they need to be, how to get there. And they're, they're lagging behind, especially the first game. They were just so behind mm-hmm. on so many yeah. shots. Even the second game, you know, I'm looking at Houston take like wide open shots, like wide yeah. open three yeah. point shots. I see guys run at the last second. I'm like, yeah, dog, too late. I'm seeing DeMarcus Cousins like set up bake some cookies, watch them cook, you know, and then take a three-point shot. And, you know, he's not moving very fast. So, yeah, they had some issues defensively. Uh, I think offensively, this last game, they got a little, you know, they caught a little fire at certain points of the game. And uh, they caught fire, you know, at the last part to, to, to do enough to win. But, you know, some deflections, some 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 threes they hit, you know, uh, that kind of helped push it. And then Houston might, might have just been like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I, th- I thought uh, I thought Zach looked pretty good on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put up put up twenty three points. Uh, Kobe White is trying to figure out that point guard spot. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like what I saw out of those two. Smoke, you were about you you were going to say. Yeah, no, I I agree uh, with what you said with uh, Levine, and then with with Kobe, you can see especially on uh, Friday night. He he wasn't comfortable at to start of that game trying to figure out how he can be that point guard to create for others. I don't I didn't mean honestly that's just not his game. His game, he puts the ball in the bucket. You know, and I think Sunday he came out with that mindset and and you saw a different flow to the game for the Bulls. Uh I definitely think Friday night was you saw like okay they've been off nine months, um, new coach, new system. Mm-hmm. They, I don't think that they wasn't into it because it's the preseason. I just think they just was a little lost. Yeah, thinking too much. Yeah, you know, like the the amount of threes Houston put up, mm-hmm. uncontested threes, mm-hmm. and they were all falling. Game two, the defensive effort still it wasn't wasn't where you would want it to be, but I, I saw the adjustments mm-hmm. that Donovan made from one game to another. And and those threes were a little more contested. They were still not getting there quite on time, but they were still getting there to put hands up just to give them a look and do other things. Uh so I, I, I liked I like to see that they came from getting pretty much destroyed game one. To coming back the next day and actually winning the game, yeah, show some life. Yeah, you know it, it. It was it was big, you know, and it's and it's yeah, it's the preseason, but Houston played the same rotation. They didn't change up anything. Wall and, and Cousins played like majority of their minutes in the first half, and they set for the most of the second half. It was the exact same way. The second game, they pretty much still got their same amount of points in game one. Uh, Wall and Cousins, mm-hmm. and but the focus was to to defend the three point line. You can tell that Donovan went in with that focus, and and it wasn't great, it wasn't good, but it was better than the day before the than the first game. I wanna I wanna get back on um, on Houston in just a sec, but what did you guys think of the rookie Patrick Williams? Um, I still think you know he's. He, he's he's trying to every he can tell especially this last game it looked like okay um I'm I'm playing catch up like everything's happening 
quicker than I expect. He just he looked a little lost, especially defensively. Um, but what I did like was I, it, it's, it's crazy because I say he looked lost, but he didn't look f- flustered. He didn't look like frustrated. He looked like okay, uh, all I'm, right. He looked kind of he looked smooth on 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 uh, Friday night. I'm he talking came defensively. In and looked, I'm, yeah, I'm okay, talking okay. defensively. I'm just okay. talking defensively. I hadn't got. I was saving the best for last. Right, I, got you, I, got you, I got you. So I, I like. I, that's my mode. I'll be critical early on, and I will pat you on the back later. Right. <laughs> um. So so that's what I was seeing defensively because he was behind a lot of stuff. He got caught looking. He got caught losing his man and just waiting for the rebound. It just you know a little you know just discombobulated in that respect. But it did not fluster him overall because his offensive game, although he didn't do a lot of great things per se, and he got the ball stolen from him a few times, he stepped into his shots with no problem. And he had some quote unquote, I say big shots, but in terms of, you know, the game and, and being significant when you took the shot, he was taking those shots and, you know, he was comfortable. So he he's one of the most laid back, you know, 19-year-olds I've ever seen enter the NBA who, you know, you realize he says a lot of room to grow, and he realizes that. He's very mature, man. He He's like he has he has a very easy, clear perspective about who he is, what he can do, and eventually he knows it's all going to work. I tell you, man, personality-wise, just on the, on the basketball court, demeanor-wise, there's a lot of um, – oh, man, dude, my brain's going from – brother who's in, uh, the Clippers now, uh, superstar. Kawhi. Kawhi, yeah. Kawhi, yeah. There's a lot yes. of Kawhi-esque yes. aspects to his demeanor on the court. Yep. And I don't remember Kawhi as a rookie, you know. I don't remember mm-hmm. him, you know, preseason rookie. I don't remember all that. But this dude has a – like, he's like, the game's going to come to me. And when it mm-hmm. comes to me, I'll be ready for it. But right now, I'm just taking it all in, brother. That's that's how I feel he's playing Man. on the court. Man, Jim, that is crazy because that's a conversation I was having with somebody like, man, this kid looks like Kawhi. Mm-hmm. But he looks like Kawhi once Kawhi developed into the NBA. Not the star Kawhi is today, right. but he don't he looks like he's ahead of Kawhi when Kawhi was a rookie. Offensively. But but, but offensively. Right. But of course Kawhi was playing with who he was playing. So <laughs> yeah, that, that helps. So that, that helps. That definitely helps. That helps, you know. But his game is so is is very smooth and it's like he's mm-hmm. he's letting the game come to him. He's not mm-hmm. trying to do too much, which as a fan, for me, I'm like, dude, I'm get him the ball. Get him the ball. Let's see <laughs> what he can do. But but I appreciate him just letting the game come to him. And mm-hmm. when he get the ball, he's he's doing to the best of his ability what he can do. And man, I don't think Outside of the shots he missed, the shots he made, did they even touch the iron? Not things, really. Man. I mean, and, and I love his mid-range game. Mm-hmm. I was just going to go there. Yep. Go ahead, brother. Preach. Preach. Go ahead. I'm listening. The Man, the confidence in his shots on the mid-range game is beautiful. Now, what I would like to see is his shot, you can see it completely change from the mid-range to the three-point line. Right. He shoots the ball completely different, and I, I would like to see that come together where it's the same shot, mm-hmm. no, the same release, no matter what. But yeah. it'll come with time. Like I, it, it will come with time. I, I, you can just tell his his comfort is the mid range, and mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with that. Defensively, I definitely saw what you saw game one. Game two, I saw him being able to stay in front of guys one on one, like. Uh, uh, the the shooter, 
Gordon, Gordon, yeah, Gordon. And, like he he was able to stay in front of those guys. He he has to stay down on the pump fakes, but like he, I'm like, man, this guy can move a little bit. No one is just blowing past him. He's able to stay in front of those guys. I'm like that. That's going to be big in the future with his ability to switch off on right. on those guards who can dribble, who can handle the rock, and who appear to be fast. So I saw that improvement from game one to game two. But man, I I am. I love what I saw in his in his offensive game and his ability to handle the ball, his 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 pump fake, dribble to his spot, mm-hmm. put it up, man. Yeah, that's nice. Like, that's a, that's man, a good move. <laughs> yes, like I was I was impressed, and and it was interesting to see the love he was getting through social media, you know, from okay. from all the fans who questioned the pick. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it, a lot it, of those. Yeah, it, it was it was it was great to see like everybody like, okay, okay. You know, he's gonna he gonna have his he's gonna have his rookie woes. He ain't gonna right. be, you know, perfect well, as man. a rookie. He's he's only nineteen. Right, you know, but but <laughs> yes. but but you can see the projectability in this kid, man. You can see it, man. It's it's he's gonna be fun to watch develop. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's funny you mentioned mid-range game. I was just thinking the same thing when it came to Zach as well as Kobe. I like all three of these guys, and you don't see that as much in the, in the NBA. I mean, things are sometimes things move back towards the middle. I think you're starting to see a few more people, you know, kind of get back to doing more of a mid-range game. But these three guys are really comfortable doing that. And I, and I think with Kobe, what's going to help him out as a point guard, I saw a little bit of it this past uh, Sunday, is that Zach is going to have to – have more assists. He's going to be more of an assist guy yeah. at times. Yep. And he can do that. You know, he's a point guard coming out of yeah. high school. And yep. he has that, he has that kind of ability and it's going to help everybody out. It's going to help yep. Zach out offensively because, you know, once he starts passing, you know, all someone has to do is just pass it back to him, you mm-hmm. know, and he's very confident in taking this shot from anywhere on the court. And in this offense and Donovan's offense and the way these guys are going to play and, 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 and move and be on the move, I think he should, and this is uh Zach, he should average, I think no less than 26 points a game, but I think he should be around 28 points a game this year. I think, And I think it should be, an, when I say easy 28, I don't think it'll be like how he had to fight for points you know, mm-hmm. up to this point. I think he'll be much more on the floor of the offense, and he'll have that kind of you know reserve in the tank so when it comes down to crunch time, he can be that guy. you know. But he'll have Kobe who can also take these shots too. So I think as a backcourt yeah. tandem, I think these guys are going to work well together, but they're both going to have to kind of be de facto point guards who are actually really shooting guards. <laughs> and just one quick comment on what you said about Zach. It looked like he wasn't really trying to assert himself in these preseason games. And he got 23 easily. So exactly. just, just, something, just something to throw it down off what you said. All right, let's move over to the Houston Rockets and James Harden. Um, he's been extremely vocal about wanting to be traded out of there. Uh, I guess he returned to practice on Monday. We're recording this on Tuesday, so I guess he's playing tonight uh, for the Rockets in a preseason game. So he's back. But, man, that I'm looking at this Rockets team over the weekend, and I'm like, man, they got a decent squad over there, man, with, yeah. with John Wall. If Boogie can stay healthy, yeah. uh, you got you got Eric Gordon. You got P.J. Tucker. I mean, you got you got a a, a, a decent squad there. Why wouldn't Harden want to stay there? Uh, <sighs> you know, he he's pointed out you know the, the the Trump supporter that the owner is. I guess he has issue with that, but I don't know if that's real. If that's just something that he's using. I mean, I'm, I, as I a would, front. 
I would I would gather that that most of your NBA owners are, are forty five supporters. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna say yes. If that's how your your mindset is, then there's a lot wrong with that. Look, man, it's a free country, and I, look, I anybody who wants to support Trump, you know, okay, you know, God bless you. You know, you that's your person for whatever reasons you have. You know, that's what this country's about. You have that opportunity to be able to vote for whoever you want for for the reasons that you want, and I can respect that. Um, so letting someone's political position sway what you do for your career is very myopic from my viewpoint uh as far as that goes but to me it just speaks that there's a reason other than i don't know what it is that he just wants to leave maybe he's frustrated with never having accomplished what he thought he could accomplish in houston maybe he thought the team wouldn't be as good maybe he doesn't want to have to share the ball with wall i don't know but i tell you what watching wall play with the team i was like you know you pass it a lot quicker than harden and you might dribble the ball but you make a decision way more quickly than harden does and i can see that team playing quicker and a little bit better and not waiting on what hard is going to do and being able to work together. No, as a team. no more dribble, 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 oh. dribble. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's not going to work if he don't change up his game. Like wall, wall is, is a lot like Westbrook. Like he's, control. Not, he's but better control. Yeah. But, but he's not a knockdown shooter. He's a point guard. He needs the ball in his hand. Right. And like, with like what you were saying with Zach and and Kobe, like Cole running the offense, that's never that hasn't been the case with Houston. They let Harden do his thing, and everyone else just sit and wait till they get the ball mm-hmm. and put it up. Even Chris uh, Paul, it threw Chris Paul know, off when he was there. Yeah, you know, and so but the this thing with him won't out, man. It's I think it's more so just him. Doing what doing what's what's become known with the NBA superstars who can't win. <laughs> did you guys that's did you, that's did you guys see what Steven Jackson said? Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, about him. No. He basically said that uh that Harden wants to be around a coach like like D'Antoni because he's not held accountable for playing defense. Uh and then uh, he criticized him for not wanting to play for uh, Paul Silas or yeah, for uh, and, Stephen Silas. Excuse me, yeah, Paul. Right. Stephen and, and Silas. I, and I've been going um, back and forth. I've yeah, been going and, back and forth for people about that. But. And saying that, you know, you know, the fact that, you know, a, a, a brother has the job in Houston, he should want to, you know, to do yeah. well for that coach. You know, and, just for and, that so, and so that's what I've been having a lot of back and forth for people about. No, he shouldn't. If, okay. it, and and I'm and I'm not saying it as a knock to Silas. I'm saying he has every right to feel how he want to feel. I'm if I'm Silas, I want him gone. I don't want him. <laughs> That's my point. Silas should be demanding he's gone. Silas shouldn't want that. Everybody saying Harden should suck it up and play for this guy. You know, coach black coaches have a hard time get. I, I get the I get the message, but 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 Harden. No, if I'm the coach, I don't want a guy playing for me just because I'm black. I want you to play for me because you trust what I can do. Right. Like, and 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 it's clear Harden just don't want to be there. If I'm that, if I'm Silas, I'm going to ownership. He got to go because at the end of the day, if this team fail, I'm the one gonna be held accountable. I'm the one gonna be out of a job. Yeah, like so. Move this guy so I can coach this team how I'm, I I want to coach this team. He don't want to be here. I shouldn't have to deal with that. 
Like, that's just my view on it. I understand the message that's going around, like Harden, you know, should want to play for the black coach, and I wish he would. But I understand, hey, you want out, you have that's your prerogative. But if I'm if I'm Silas, get him out of town now. On to some other news. Uh Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Uh, just announced that he is going to sign a Supermax deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Five years, $228 million. He's going to stay in Milwaukee. I think that's good for the league, man. I, I Great for the league. I, I under, I, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm a proponent for free agency, but I think there are some places, especially a place like small market like Milwaukee, that it's good for a top star to be in a place like that. Man, how bad is it when you're in Chicago and someone wants to stay in Milwaukee? No, <laughs> 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 no, nah, nah, you, you, nah, you, not stay in Milwaukee. It sucks. Uh, it, yeah, it sucks. It sucks for us as Bulls fans because he's going to uh, be in the division now for another five years. But yeah, yeah. still, I, I, I just think it's, I, I think it's cool, man, that he wants to stay up there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's cool. Um, uh, you know, I don't know what took so long to make the decision. I don't know what happened between now and, you know, the last few weeks that it was any different. But, you know, take your time. Uh, you have all the time to, to, to make that decision. And and that's cool. You're right. It's good for the league. It's good for uh, marketability. It's good for uh, having more talent spread out. It's good for uh, various storage lines. It's good for other players that want to, you know, be able to to make money, too. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. Greek. You know, he's not taking. You know, he's not taking. You know, it's just it's yeah, it's it's a positive thing. I'm being circular when I say all that, but uh, it was interesting still to kind of wonder what it might have been like if he could have gone down to Miami, though. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> that that have been that have been nice to see. But you know, I think signing him to that is great. But Milwaukee needs to do right by him and make sure yeah. they surround him with some more talent, whether it's. You know, getting somebody through free agency, uh, whether it's drafting players, whether it's even thinking outside the box and going overseas and getting another talent, you know, international talent like he himself is. Uh, they need to surround him. They need, they need to do right by him and the fans and by themselves as well. But they need don't just sign that dude and think, OK, you know, we're good because we're going to make money now because everybody's going to come out to see him. No, you need to you need to put somebody around that cat. So this two time back to back MVP can also hoist the O'Brien. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that was discussed um, when when they talked about that. I think and Milwaukee's got some good things going. You know, uh, they got some talent there. They got a new building. You know, I they they'll have the resources to uh, to try to get some talent and 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 having the freak stay there is that's going to definitely help. Will they have the resources? This is a small market town. When a COVID, you know, in the midst of COVID, and you just gave a quarter of a billion gave. dollars <laughs> to uh, to one cat. So not only saying. that, they, no, gave be. Their, they gave up their picks to New Orleans too. I'm just saying they'll, they'll be fine. True holiday. Okay, <laughs> we got a, we got the vaccine coming. It's it's great. <laughs> okay, it's great. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it though. Uh, like just for the. Sake of the league, just keeping these guys spread out, man. Just for competition, yes, yes value. Yes. I tired of super teams. I, I mean, yeah, man, and yeah. like I want to see these guys compete. Like just looking at last season, how mm-hmm. everyone was so mad at Kawhi for going to 
the Clippers and not the Lakers. I'm like, what type of league are y'all trying to watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Like, I want to see these guys compete against each other, man. Like, yes. like what's with this wanting to see two two teams just dominate the game? Yeah, that's boring. Like, like it's boring. Now, I will admit, I did want to see Giannis in Miami. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but, I but, did think that was that intriguing. Would, you know what, no, that wouldn't have been really right. a, a super that's, team. Though. It, exactly. it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, but but it would have. But it would have. You know, people would have been like, they just made the finals, you know, and all that stuff. But right, right. but you know, for him to stay. It's great for the league. It's yes. great for the league. I mean, yes, it sucks for us in Chicago, <laughs> but but hey, I mean, I can't I can't say it really sucks for us because guess what? They drafted that guy who was unknown and he developed within their organization, yes. and now he's being rewarded for that. Yes, yeah, let's do that here in Chicago. Like, yes. can we do that? Yeah. Like, that's 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 what it all comes down to. Like, that guy wasn't somebody they they picked up when he was already a known commodity. He developed within that organization. When everybody was screaming Jabari Parker's praises, he's right. the one still there, you know? So, like, and, and I'm a Simeon guy. You know, I love my Simeon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, whoa, hey, hey. <laughs> but, but, but you got to be realistic. I mean, it was injury issues for Jabari, but, hey. He's he's now he's just bounced around the league like this guy has been there. He was the he was a unknown guy. Mm-hmm. He was and he developed into this monster, right. the Greek freak. They was calling him the Greek freak when he got there, but now he's legit a freak. <laughs> like you know, and like and it's good to see like he get big time and then bounce on them after right. like you know it's good to see somebody stay with the organization that helped them develop into what they become today, you know, and it's, and it's, like I said, it's just great for the league, man, to see these guys compete against each other. Like no more golden state warriors with KD. We can't (laughs) have that no more. That team out. Yeah. They got injured. That's the only way they lost, but that team was never going to lose. Had that injuries never happened. Like we don't want to see that no more. Even with the Lakers, I don't think they're a super team. People might think they are, no, but no. I don't think they are. Like they can be beat. They're a really good team, but they can be beat. Like, and I'm and I'm good with that. I'm. I just want it to be like it is. Like just spread everyone out and let's play <laughs> basketball and let's entertain the world. Boy, hey, we get basketball starting next week, regular season, December twenty second. Can't wait. So, uh, Lovey Smith was fired as the head coach of the Illinois Fighting Illini after a, a bad loss at Northwestern on Saturday. Uh, he was there for five seasons. He went 17 and 39 in his tenure, but I really think that after last season, it looked like he had, they had turned a corner, they got to a bowl game. Uh, it looked like they were, you know, really on the rise. And then COVID happened. And, man, I think all that momentum that they had just got stuck in the mud. Uh, after a big loss to Wisconsin, uh, they lost a bunch of guys to COVID, lost uh, some other guys to injuries. They had to at a, at one point in the season. They had to play their fourth-string quarterback. Um, and so, man, things just didn't go right for the Illini this year. And, uh yeah, after five years, Lovey is is gone. Do you think the the firing was warranted? Yes, 
Yeah, I was about to say, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was I supposed to think about that? Yeah, you were. You really were supposed to like think this whole <laughs> hey, You know, hey, hey, it's Lovey. Look, look. Uh-huh. Okay. It seems like Lovey always seems to get the S end of the stick. Like, uh, does he? Yeah, he does. I don't think so. He got fired. Wait, wait. He got fired <laughs> by the Bears after a ten and six season, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. After. Two seasons in Tampa, he basically there was a coup right. involved to get him ousted in Tampa. And um, who was his offensive coordinator? Dirk, uh, what's his Cutter. name? Cutter. Dirk, yeah, yeah. Took his job. Mm-hmm. It was literally a coup. Right, right. And then he takes over Illinois, which mm-hmm. yeah. is not the greatest job in the world. And they were, no. I mean, rock bottom, rock mm-hmm. bottom at the end of the Tim Beckman era. I mean, you had right. players suing the school because of oh, yeah. uh, mistreatment, and oh yeah, bad I times. Mean, they had they had recruiting classes that weren't even in the top fifty in the country. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I mean, he had he had a lot to do, and mm-hmm. yeah, seventeen wins in five years is not very good. But oh, okay, thank you. All right, I'm glad you. <laughs> I just, I just man, I just think. Based on what happened here, I mean, in this season with COVID, that they could have given him one more year. Uh, why? What's one more <laughs> year going to do? I mean, why? To show that that maybe maybe he could have turned it around. I mean, come on, man. The COVID this COVID year has been awful, man. Like I said, he right. was playing. Hey. He was playing a fourth string quarterback. Okay. Yeah, yeah, bad, bad is bad. Force King's quarterback that he he recruited, right? What's that? He recruited that quarterback, right? But he was the fourth string guy. I mean, come on. I had, you know what? I had a conversation with another guy um, about this. You do not expect, you cannot, you cannot expect your fourth string quarterback mm-hmm. to produce like your first string guy. You can't. No. no, you can't. You can't. Not even Alabama can do that. So maybe I, maybe, maybe Alabama can. Nah, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, because most of the time your your four string guys usually, <laughs> you know, number number eighty five on the scholarship lifts, right? Maybe, yeah, okay. So no, I I no, you I can't. Know. I mean, they played man. Some of those games, they they had third teamers out there. You can't expect you can't expect your third team guys to play like your first string guys. You right. can't. You right. can't expect that. And the guy I was talking to is a is a is a former college coach. He was like, "Yeah, you can. You know, they all got to be ready. You know, next man up. No, that's not realistic. That's that's coach speak. It's not coach, realistic. Not not realistic. Right. No. I mean, okay. I mean, it's. I mean, I'll say it's it's almost realistic for a team like Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> man. Hey man, look man, it just seemed Smoke, like you know. Come on, come on. You you didn't nah. expect you didn't expect number twenty six on the roster at Grambling to play like you if you were out. I, I get where you're coming from. I get it. And, and, well, in baseball, there's a lot different than football. The quarterback position is. I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I mean, we had these talks with. Backup, just the number two guy in NFL. So you talking about yeah, fourth guy like in college? I understand. In college, I get what you're saying, but it's like, what is the fascination with Lovey Smith amongst the fans? I mean, his players love him. 
That's nice and commendable. I mean, a lot of I fire mean, coaches can say that. Just just going back to his time with the Bears, like okay, he got fired in the ten and six season. Okay, that's fine. But everyone knew going into that ten and six season that it was playoffs or gone for him. And unfortunately, he won ten games, and we were third in the division, and didn't make the playoffs. But let's look at the let's look at the overall. But that's that's we a were, fluke, though. But but we were three in normal in normal years. Ten and six gets you in the playoffs. That's cool. But does hey, that does that does that say anything? Does it say that you that that you know you win ten games, but they were a bad team? No, you win ten games in the NFL, you're a good team. That's that's fine, but. With three post three postseason appearances in nine years, is that is that good? Well, it should have been, it, it it should have been four that that twenty twelve season. Okay, four nine years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'll, I like I, this has been what I've been coming to a lot of people about recently. Uh, two two NFC championship games and a Super Bowl appearances. That's what I said. One NFC, one is, I'm just saying. One you know, NFC championship he, win. He went to two, did he not right. go to two NFC championship games? Right. He, he didn't did. win but one. But, yeah, he went to two. Don't, don't be saying – don't leave it off two NFC championship games like I they said, won. No, I, said he went, I said he went to two <laughs> NFC championship games and he went to a Super Bowl. Yes, I mean, this is all true. He, he, made, he made the playoffs once in his last six years as the Bears coach. That had a lot to do with him being let go. Like that that was that was everything that had to do with it. Like like as as fans of football, we see coaches who've done far more lose their jobs in less amount of time. So let's go back. Now, I don't think there was there wasn't much. I mean it was like, yeah, he's ten and six. You probably shouldn't get rid of him, but it is what it is. I get that. But what if what's what's the difference if they had gone and they they, they got a wild card spot that season at ten and six? What's the difference? They might made a run. I don't know. I don't I, know. I, well, it's, it's a good question. Um, it's almost, almost like they didn't expect him to go ten and six, and they pretty much had their mind made up that they were going to let him go. And then he didn't make the playoffs. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. See, we told you, you had to make the playoffs. Yeah, bus. That's what I'm saying. You don't. I I just I my theory is you don't get rid of coaches that win double digit games in the NFL. Well, here's the thing. You you look at his last three years in Chicago and eleven and five. Uh, eight and eight and ten and six. So he didn't have a losing season. Uh, I think the problem with with Lovey, and, and this is what I was always somewhat critical about. Uh, again, you know, who am I? Just a guy watching the games. But he, for whatever reason, it didn't seem like either he was charismatic enough or plugged in enough amongst his own peers to get the to get a an offensive coordinator. I mean, he struggled mightily getting. Mike Tice, you set off a Mike Tice. I mean, you're struggling to get offensive coordinators here, man. But and, I, it was, I think that had a lot to do with with contract status, though. Uh, I don't remember the remember when they 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 no dog his they had to settle. Mm-mm. Remember, no, 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 no. Remember, Mm-mm. remember they had to settle for uh, nah. for Marts mm-hmm. because okay. Lovey only had one year left on the deal, and so nobody else right. wanted to come here. Yeah, because of that. Yeah, but so you they know, so they so they had they got stuck with Marts. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm like, hey, if I come here and I can make this offense look really good, uh, they may they, they may hire me. I I, I kind of get what you're saying. I mean, I don't know how much anyone's secure in any job that they have when it comes to the NFL. And 
you look at his first what, what, Terry was it Terry Shea was his Terry first Shea. offensive coach? Yeah, yeah, come on, man. He, I'm just saying he he was not plugged we, in. I think we I think we had a Terry Shea discussion. <laughs> yes, we did early on he, in this podcast. You know, he was not plugged into getting top flight offensive coordinators. He just wasn't, and I think they had a lot to do. And and you know, with the the them not being as good as they could have been. I mean, you had a great defense. You had a great defense for a, a, a nice long run. Him being oh, defensive okay. coordinator. He was in charge of that overall, you could tell. He, and, and they played the same defense. And those guys will tell you, it wasn't complicated, but we knew what we were doing and we did it well. It great. Awesome. Offense was just like a 180 of that or, you know, just in constant trying to flux, trying to figure out what to be. Even going 11-5 and 13-3, and a lot of that had to do with the defense. We know that. And special you know? teams. And a special teams, right? Yeah, two phases. Those those two phases dominated. Thank you, Devin Hester, and thank you, the Chicago Bear defense. That defense was his, though. I, not, not not disputing that. That's not the. That's not my point. My point is he wasn't able to get offensive coordinators here for whatever the reason is, and the same thing followed him down to Champaign. Nothing on that offense looked anything like what we're seeing play. Wisconsin has a better offensive output. Minnesota has a better looking. Northwestern has a better offense. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? And, and you look at his his whole career at, at Illinois, he, he never had a winning season. You know, at best was six and six, and then they messed up and went to the bowl game and lost. So even that wasn't even that didn't end with a win. I mean, you know, even that season ended with a loss. They got a I, ring. Yeah, I got a ring too. And I washed my tub this morning and it's gone now. I mean, <laughs> you know, I just and that's what they did. Lovey was a ring around the tub. They just scrubbed loose. And now they're going to try and find somebody else. And and I hope that they can. But here's a problem with the record this year. You're, you're And keeping Lovey. Dude, recruiting. You If you can't recruit in college football, I don't care how good a coach you may be or think you are or how your X's and O's may align themselves. You I are think, not going to win in college. Especially I think college. That, was, that was his problem. Yes. Which that goes to the charisma. Problem. Which goes back to my point. Well, no, Him I don't being, think. No, no, no. It's not that I don't think it's that he could recruit. I think that um, he did not ingratiate with himself with uh, talent in this area. You know, if you look at look at his roster, most of those guys are, you know, Texas, Florida, you know, those those hotbeds, which is fine. But usually, you're not getting the best guys out of those states. You're getting the right. guys that. Amazing um, three star, right? Three star guys, yeah, right. occasional right. four star. I when mean, you could you could get those same guys here and yep. and you know build a base, right? Yep. Exactly. You could be north like Northwestern does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's thinking. Since well, you could getting... do better because Northwestern has to worry about grades. I don't think Illinois. Right, but I'm, right, exactly. Too much about that. But, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you you've got to build your base. I mean, look, dude, that is the basis of all college sports. You know, you can watch that uh, first uh, The U on the 30 for 30 where uh, Schnellenberger is like, look, I'm carving out this area in Florida right here. We're going to dominate recruiting this area right the, here. The state of we, Miami. The state of Miami. And this is where we're going to build our base. Now, granted, I understand the talent in Florida is crazy, but I'm saying you do that. That's pretty much you know, even when you play in college football in, in a video game, you want to be able to recruit your state. You, you got to get your base, and then you got to get the surrounding states around you, and then you expand. You don't start in Texas. I used to go to Canada a lot. You know, I get, <laughs> get some guys from Ontario. Get some guys from Ontario. Tough guys there. But just, but just saying, like, when you say about COVID, uh, 
easy. Uh, look at the teams that's struggling in the Big Ten, though, that don't typically struggle. Wisconsin is yeah. struggling Penn State. because of COVID. Penn State is struggling because of COVID. Yeah. Michigan is struggling because of COVID. So you, I mean, so, so it, it can easily be said if COVID didn't exist, do we, do we see those teams being a lot better? Well, here, than they well, here's the deal, man. They man. lost. They lost. They lost. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. They lost spring football. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Summer. Uh, uh, well, you know, I don't even have two a days anymore. But summer mm-hmm. camp was cut. Yeah, yeah, because of it, they didn't know they was you know it was back and forth whether or not they were going to play or not. They sure, lost sure. a couple of guys that opted out. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, sure. I just, I just think based on the year, mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's it's he teams got one more. You know it's just what? Teams, it's just teams we know historically. Mm-hmm. No matter what, in your sleep, you know these teams are going to be better than Illinois. Okay, I respect you both, and so, you guys are. So, so that's why I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to say COVID was an excuse. Uh huh. That's my thing. I, I respect you both, and you're, you're fine, gentlemen. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody's dealing with the same hand, and Northwestern is playing Ohio State. Indiana came close to beating Ohio State. Indiana's bowl bound. Maryland has looked good at times. I'm seeing schools that are traditionally not good, like the ones you say, and they're the ones that need the most practice and okay. don't have as much talent. So they, and these guys are playing good. So, so they did. They did fine uh, in yeah. COVID. That's great. I, uh, that's just me, man. I'm just I, saying. Illinois, I have I'm a heart. Illinois hasn't been good, so I'm not going to say COVID was no. the reason they didn't reach Mm-mm. that success this year. Like so, yeah. Hey, let me let me take you guys here. Um, Auburn fires Gus Malzahn after eight seasons, yep. in which I believe he took them to a national championship game at at what, was twenty thirteen. Uh, uh, right? Was he the coach with Cam? No, after Cam. No, no, after Cam. This is when he had um, they beat Alabama with that field goal oh, return, right, field goal right. attempt in, in a return, and they uh, they had the the running back Trey. It's a Trey. Tron candidate, I think, or something like that. They had a running back that was really good um, for for Auburn at the time, but the defense was kind of the big deal for Auburn, and they lost to uh, Florida State. James Winston and those That's guys. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he's gone. He went six I mean, and he went six and four this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what did he go for his uh, his career was at Auburn. 68, 68 and thirty five. Yeah, yeah, real good. Yeah. yeah, three almost three to one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, two to one. Sorry, I'm sorry, almost two to one. Excuse me, two to one. Yeah, but, but, but uh, and then final, I get man, SEC is it's a different animal. Yes, it is, baby. Yeah, it's man. a different animal. Yes, it is. Uh, but here's here's where I want to go and see where you guys where you guys take this. Uh, Lovey's owed eight million dollars in his buyout. Right, <laughs> great great agent, great agent. Uh, uh, Gus Malzahn, Gus Malzahn had four years left on his contract. Uh, he's owed twenty one point four million for the buyout. Good work if you can to get go, it. To go away, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Why I'm Why tired. aren't they paying these guys yet? The Man, players? for real. Oh, because you're paying the coaches. <laughs> no, I, pay, I agree. They, I agree. They're yeah, paying right. Malzahn $20, $22 million to go away. To go away. Yeah. Like that man can retire right now. Absolutely. He's done. I'm, man. He don't need another coaching job. No, he's on TV. Like, like why would I go? Like, like, why would I go coach again? No need to. You're on the SEC oh. network as, as analysts now. I'm You're going. I'm. I'm a buy a house on an island and I'm chilling. What? 
Man, Forget that. Just buy the, buy the island. Buy the island. Buy the island. Yeah. Just, I, man. Well, here's the thing, man. I And I don't know. It's a can of worms in a lot of ways because it's you just play the football players and the basketball players. You know, you just pay the program that's bringing in the most money. It's a lot to go with that. That being said, there should be something allotted to some degree. But I think more importantly, don't uh, to stop trying to prevent them from making money on off themselves, you yeah. know, off their own likenesses or whatever the case might be. I, I don't think we should impede them trying to make money. And oh, the danger is somebody's going to slip money underneath the table. They're doing that anyway. You know, right, right. Uh, the dangerous because uh, of gambling, they're going to throw games uh, that still happens and has happened. Ask Northwestern about that. You know, ask some other schools about that. So I, I think just if you don't if you don't prevent them from making money, they can find ways to make money off their likenesses or whatever the case might be. And the top teams are still going to get the top players. None of that's going to change, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree there. I agree there. If you just like let them be. Mm-hmm. Let them be, man. Let these guys make the money how they making money, and and stay out of it. Like you're paying these coaches this ridiculous amount of money. Yep. And and these kids are getting nothing. But your 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 rebut to them is they're getting a free education. It's not free. They're working for it. Exactly. They're they're working for that. And oh, then absolutely. And then you look at. Like, okay, football, you're there for three years minimum. But basketball, these dudes are going there for one year and they're gone. Well, the good ones, not the not the not the nice well, yeah, ones. <laughs> but, but for the most part, it's it's like the one and done coaches. So it's like they're just coming there just to come. Now a lot of them are gonna start opting out, going to where they can be compensated. Because they're providing those options now, but it's like, man, just just let these guys get what they can get. Like, yeah. it's I, I I just don't understand where's the harm. There isn't. It's about where greed. is it's, the harm. It's about control, man. It's about greed and control. And because here's the here's the evil of, on top of all the other evil about it is that even once these guys leave, the university is still making money off of Peyton Manning's jersey, still making money off the Fab Five. You know, they can put. You know, a number in the in the uh, in the in the bookstore. Oh no, no, there is no Fab Five. What is, well, I'm happen. just, I'm yeah, right, exactly. Uh, they can put a number of a jersey, and they don't have to put the name on the back of it. But you know, 16 in Tennessee in Knoxville, that's Peyton Manning's jersey. Yeah. You know, you, you're still making money off of what that player did. That's the thing. Is that that's the crazy thing? It's like even after these guys leave, the university is still making money, big money, significant money off of you if you were that that type of player if you're Herschel Walker in Georgia they're still making money if you Bo Jackson in Auburn they're still making money off of you still to this day but you're gonna tell me I can't make money off my own likeness that's that's evil and I know HBCUs on the low tone pole but I'm I'm sure Jackson State is still making money I'll pay uh, Walter Payton name they should be if they're not then there's something wrong with Jackson State right Hey, Jackson State's making some big moves, by the way. If you guys haven't seen, man, they, yeah, a couple of moves. But yeah, we we can go on for this for for three hours. But I just I just thought it was it was man, found it interesting what those those buyout clauses were. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, we were talking about Ohio State last week, and mm-hmm. uh, the Big Ten came out and <laughs> got rid of that rule. Yeah. They said they didn't have to play the six games, and they are in the Big Ten Championship on Saturday against the Northwestern Wildcats. So uh, 
Can the cats keep it close? No. Yes. Uh, I say yes. Yes, they can. Dude, 14. Look, I don't think so. I, dude. I, look, Ohio State is uberly talented, you know, on both sides of the ball. But there are times where they have lapses. And, you know, they were crushing Indiana. Indiana came back, you know, kept that game within reason, uh, had a chance. You know what I'm saying? So Northwestern plays a, a well-coached brand of ball that, you know, hey, keep the ball out of Fields' hands. We can do what we do. It, here's the thing. If you know who you are, then there's no no confusion about what you need to do. And that gives you an opportunity to go in and compete because you're not trying to be something you're not. And Northwestern has never, in my since I've really watched them, since Pat Fitzgerald has been there, they've never tried to be something that they weren't. Northwestern, is, they got some talent. They've got, look, man, they're so talented. They got a cat, Rashawn Slater, who's an offensive lineman, the offensive tackle, who opted out. And he is being touted as a first-round pick out of Northwestern. Now, they've had first-round picks here and there, but that dude is not playing. <laughs> He's still going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, there's yeah. there's talent there. You know, we, we've seen uh, the, the running back, uh, uh, Justin, I can't remember his last name right now, but he split the San Diego Chargers. You know, he he came out of Northwestern. He's still Just, playing. Justin in the Jackson. Justin Jackson, thank you. Yeah. He's still playing. He's still a significant contributor for the San Diego Chargers. There's talent there. Um, and it's more than just one or two guys. It's, it's some significant talent there. They're, they're going to have a few guys that are going to be playing on Sundays that's on that team. Now, yes, Ohio State, pretty much everybody on that team is going to play on Sunday, uh, even in their two deep. But you can you can play – it's just one game. You know, It's not baseball. It's not basketball. It's not hockey. You're not playing a best-of series. You just need to be the good that day. And I think to answer your question, can they keep it close? I think so. Can they win it? There I'm like probably not. But can they keep it close? Oh, I, I think so. I definitely think so. And they have nothing to lose. It's hard to yeah, beat a team that yeah. has nothing to lose, man. That, that's and, the key right there. Yeah, Ohio State has everything to lose. They might be they might that's be true. playing tight, man. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that Northwestern is going to compete and at times look like, man, with a break here or there, things can go their way. And I, hey, it's 2020, bro. Anything can yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I will say the the. Uh, Factor that Ohio State really like don't complete games. Mm-hmm. They they jump out big and it's like they coast coast after that mm-hmm. is real because that's mm-hmm. that's that helped me with my pick of Indiana one week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so that is that is a major factor. So I will take that in consideration, but I just don't think. Well, I guess you say compete versus win is two different things. So. I guess they can compete. I definitely don't see them winning. Though. I, I hope they guess? do. I I think they're going to be able to 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 look strong, but in the end, I think Ohio State's going to be a little too much for them. Uh, one of those deals where they they hang for a two and a half quarters, and then it's <laughs> okay. Then that'll that'll be it. But uh, I, I I'm a I'm a Northwestern fan. Um, I'm a I'm a Northwestern alum. People don't know I went to grad school there, but uh, okay, yeah, the, I I love the Cats, but yeah, I think Ohio State's gonna be a little a little too much for them uh, come Saturday. All right, let's move on to quick hits. Hut hut. <laughs> I like those sound effects. <laughs> So some big news out of uh, Major League Baseball today. They are now going to recognize 
the Negro Leagues as a major league. So they are going to bring over all of the records and statistics from the Negro Leagues. They're going to incorporate them into Major League Baseball's overall stats. So huge news. It should have happened years and years and years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're in 2020, and so it's a, it's a different time, man. So uh, so they're, they're, they're righting the wrong, I guess. So I think it's, 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 it's some good news. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I, I, I like it. Like, it, it's long overdue. Um, at the same time, it's like, like, damn, like, so the guys who actually achieve these, these marks, they're long gone. They had not even thought about, you know, as far as I guess their families could enjoy this moment, but it's just like, it's, it just seemed like the way of, of the world, uh, way too late, long overdue as the, as the as the article is, you know, first two words in the article states. Um, I know I've been asked all day, like, so does this mean uh, such and such is now home run leader and all this stuff? I think they're not going to, they're going to incorporate, they're going to include those records, but they're not going to, they're going to keep them separated. I just don't, think they're going you don't, to. you don't think you don't think they're going to say that Josh Gibson is the home ranking not at all wow interesting huh nope I, I, I know I know they they said that they're going to be guys you know Hank Aaron Willie Mays Ernie Banks Frank Robinson those guys they're going to get bumps uh but in it, their statistics well I, I I'll I'll believe it when I see it <laughs> I, okay I, I just think the you know the the other people in this world who love baseball, uh, the worshipers of like Sir Babe Ruth, who I think is a myth, by the way, uh, people <laughs> people like that are gonna have a huge issue with this. I mean, we still talking baseball, the good old boys, you know, like all the unwritten rules and all this different stuff. Like, it's gonna be interesting to see them just throw those stats in and overtake some of these guys that have been worshipped forever, Ted Williams and Babe Ruth and these guys. Yeah, in the black community with, with Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and those guys, it's interesting that they throw their names out there. Did they say Babe Ruth's name going to be uh, bumped? Did they say his his stuff going to be bumped? What you, what you mean? Like, like you said, like, you said they said uh, like Hank Aaron and Willie Mays. No, I'm guys. I'm saying that they're I'm saying that, so like Willie Mays's hits. He's going to have more hits now. Oh, he's going to have more hits. Okay, right. They're okay, gonna okay. they're gonna add his Negro gotcha, leagues. Gotcha. Okay, the okay. guys that played the Negro leagues. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so is this a? Hmm. You know what? That's new to me. I did not even know yeah, Willie Mays yeah. played in the Negro Yeah, Leagues. yeah. Willie Mays played. Ernie Banks. Uh, their Robinson. early years were Jackie. Yeah, well, yeah, Jackie Robinson, obviously. Uh, those guys, their you know, their early years, and then <laughs> you know, I'm talking about after Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those guys in those early the, Sat- the, in their early years started in the Negro Leagues. Satchel wow. Page. Yeah, um, no, Satchel Page. Uh, Josh Gibson. Yeah. You know, no, all those guys. So yes, yeah, it's it's, gonna, it's interesting. I mean, 
I, I love that it's being included. I, I wish we still had it, but hey. It's uh it's interesting because um you know, it's it's a lot to unpack. It's you know, kinda of like what uh, Smoke was saying, you know, most of these guys, if not all of them, have passed on and maybe their families can't enjoy that. And and in generations that didn't know about them, this is an opportunity to learn about them mm-hmm. and, and for that to be more prominent when you do go to the baseball hall of fame for them to be included and not just be like some cast off wing that people mm-hmm. may or may not go to or going to Kansas City where you can go to the actual Negro League Hall of Fame. Um I I don't know. It, it's it's cool. I mean, ball means it's cool. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything is incorporated. Um, I, you know, it's it's, it's something. It's, it's hard to make something of it um, yeah. to to really get a grasp of it because it, it's maybe it's just a little bit bigger than than it than you're able to find the words to to really uh, articulate. You know, mm-hmm. but. Uh, what's cool is that, I mean, because when you look at basketball, basketball hall of fame, it includes everything, it you know, includes everything, uh, football hall of fame. If you look at Warren moon, they do include his Canadian league statistics. So there's that. Um, so it's interesting. It took baseball so long to, to come around and do this because like you mentioned, baseball is a traditional, you know, quote unquote, uh, uh, sports sports uh, sports league and there are a lot of unwritten rules and there there are a lot of uh enculturated uh ways of looking at things and assessing things that aren't really spoken of kind of like the little elephants I mean, it's not a big elephant but the little elephants in the room you know um and you have people like ty cobb who's a noted you know racist and, and you know supremacist in there and you have guys like uh mountain judge, judge mountain landis who clearly had issues with people of color oh, yeah. um, and how these people have been lauded for, for years. And, and, you know, and by, by lauded, I mean, they're in the hall of fame. Not necessarily everyone's talking about it every day, but they're in the hall of fame. Uh, so for something like this to finally come around, uh, it's great. I mean, I, you know, ironically, you mentioned 2020, maybe it took 2020 for that to happen. You know, just recently we heard about the Cleveland don't call me, Baseball team Indians uh, are going to be changing, <laughs> going to be changing their name. Well, they're they're going to they're still going to be the Indians. They right. said they don't the they don't want to be do the baseball team. Right, they're going to do it in twenty twenty one. Right, that's what this season. Yeah, that's why I said don't call me baseball team. You know, Cleveland Indians. <laughs> uh, so they're going to change their name. And I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. And they're not going to change it to the tribe or anything like that. So. Um, I don't know if the Braves feel the same kind of uh, impetus to do that. I, I don't necessarily, and again, I'm not Native American in in, a, in the full sense. I don't necessarily know that Braves is 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 it's is derogatory or negative. Mm-hmm. It's just it's what they were, it's like Spartans, Braves, you know, whatever. Um, but I think it's how you how you celebrate it. So, not to get off track, I, I think this is a fantastic thing. Obviously, long overdue, and I, I, I trumpet the opportunity for baseball to take this chance to really you know talk it up don't just do this and then just walk away and say okay we did our, yeah. our good deed for the century you know mm-hmm. talk about it you know have commercials in between your baseball segments or have something that you know highlights and brings to fruition and into the into the f- forefront who these men were you know and not just the baseball players but the owners the 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 the, the cities they were in i mean get the whole entire cultural aspect so that people who are not of african-american background can begin to understand not just them as athletes but them as human beings yeah 
let me see if you, what you guys think of this take. I, I talked to one of one of my good buddies, Alex. Shout out to Alex if you're listening, man. Um, we were we were talking about this subject, and he brought. A, he says that his issue with this is that Major League Baseball now wants to right the wrong, and now they're going to use this as a way to market themselves and say that see we you know we do the right things. And then they're going to take um, they're going to take attention away from the Negro League mm-hmm. uh, 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 Hall of Fame mm-hmm. and Museum in Kansas City, and you know, mm-hmm. yes, and, you know, so that, that he doesn't like that aspect, man. Of it. So that I was interested to hear what you what this take was that you had because I was going to go there because now it's like. What happens to the Negro League Hall of Fame in Kansas City? Like, now let me say let me say this that the 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 president I think his name is uh, Bob Kendrick of the uh, the Negro League Museum was all for it. He was he was he was behind this. And so see, he was that, all for it. And see, but see, that's that's my that's my issue. As as I've gotten older and I really you know learned more about Jackie Robinson and learned more about the Negro Leagues as I've gotten older, it it really puzzles me and bothers me like man like we we live in a time where where african americans we we want we we preach to have our own and things of that nature and here it is with the negro leagues we had our own league a very successful league and we wanted so bad to be included that we gave up what was ours to be included in what's theirs and now today we struggle to get our people within that league it's like it's like man like like sometimes, yes, you you want to be acknowledged, but you also want to keep hold of what you've established, and and that's the hard part about it. Like I've I've definitely been sitting here wondering what happens in Kansas City now. Like yes, the guy might be excited about it, but but that was ours. Like wow. now now you you include that into to Cooperstown and. It's probably not going to have the same effect on guys that, you know, on on people who visit the Negro League Museum. Like as a as a baseball coach, we actually are in a tournament this next coming season in Kansas City. That was one of the things that I was really looking forward to going to see. You know, I much rather would go see that than going to Cooperstown. But now it's like. Uh, you can still you can still go, yeah. man. You know, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not go. going. Anywhere. No, no, I'm gonna go. It's just like, like in a few in later on down the line, is 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 Kansas City still no. going to be there? Yes, that's yes. that's what I mean. I, I think it will, man. I I think, and uh, I don't I don't know how this is going to come across, um, but and we've seen basically what you're intimating, if I if I may, is that the same thing that happened to the Negro Leagues, the same thing that happened to. Uh, predominantly black colleges in terms of historically black colleges in terms mm-hmm. of athletics is the, you know, assimilation factor. And then, you know, the, the, the big wheel comes in and kind of rolls over everything and, and, and takes everything in its wake. I, I, I see w- what you're saying in that regard, but I don't think that that's necessarily 100% the, the status quo, 100% all their fault. I think a lot of that lies on us, you know, there's more than one way to support your historically black college. You know, there, you know, there's a lot of ways to to give back, and and I don't know all those ways, but there are other ways and other means to you know continue 
doing that. And I think sometimes we tend to not give back. We tend to kind of pull away from it. And I think some of that's on us. So when it comes to the Negro Leagues, unfortunately, you know, finance is basically the thing that ends up taking everything away, you know, and not, not being able to, to match the finance of the of, of the bigger businesses and so forth. And with, with the Negro League Museum, I don't think that necessarily has to fall into that. That's kind of on the proprietors of, of, of the museum and, and how they market themselves and how we support them, you know, that, that we can still do that. You know, that's just because there's going to be a wing in the hall of fame and they can talk more about it. And those stats are included. doesn't have to take away from the Negro league museum any more than the DuSable museum is taken away by anything other museums may have, or, or even the other African American museums that are out there. The one in DC is, is that, that does that mean that I don't visit the one in, in, in Detroit? No, of course. I can visit the one in Detroit as well. I, I just think that some of that's going to fall on us to continue to support them and also how they continue to market you know, the, the Negro League, you know, the, the, the proprietors and the, the curators of that museum itself. So I, think, I don't think one has to affect the other to that degree in this, okay. in this, in this instance. But historically, I get what you're saying. It's the fear of that happening. Mm-hmm. It, it feels real. You know, it's like, man, like, dude, is this going to happen all over again? But I don't think that has to. And I think, you know, being forearmed is forewarned or, you know, forewarned is forearmed, however that works out. You know, having that history behind us, let's make sure that doesn't happen. You know, make sure we continue to support the Negro League Museum. And let's make let's take advantage of what Major League Baseball is doing now to trumpet it even more, to bring it even more to light. Yeah, one of my first trips, once we once we get out of pandemic here. One of my first trips is going to be going to Kansas City and visiting the the Negro League Museum. That's uh, I put that on my on my list here for 2021. So uh, so hopefully we get hopefully we get out of this in 2021, and and I get the chance to make that trip. And I I invite you guys to come with. Hey, no, sick. Why are you tripping? I must fall. I said, so are you tripping? That sounds like a, uh, a podcast. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I was, hey, I was just about to say, look, man, y'all can come down there with my, when I go down there with my team. Hey, I'm, hey, we I'm with make, it. We can make it a trip. Yeah, I'd be I'm, coaching, but hey. Hey, I'm with it, man. We can make it, make it a baseball weekend, man. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sad, sad news out of uh, the, the, the sports world in Chicago. Uh, we lost a legend, uh, Coach Jimmy Collins, who, was the architect of the 89 flying Illini team, put put all those great players together, and then later coached, uh, was the head coach at UIC and took them to three tournament appearances. Uh, he passed at the age of 74 last uh, last weekend. Um, so just want to send out our, our condolences to his family. I had a chance to meet him a few times, and, man, just a, just an outstanding person, just, just man, great personality. Um I, I told Smoke this story, but um, uh, Glenn, the first time I met Jimmy Collins, I was a freshman in college, uh-huh. and um, I was on my, I was actually home for Christmas break, and uh, went with a couple of my guys out to Lincoln Mall to do some Christmas shopping, you know, trying to find something for uh, for the girlfriend I, was, I, I had at the time. So, for some strange reason, I went into Victoria's Secret, right? <laughs> So uh, I, I go in, just browse a little bit, said, yeah, I'm not doing nothing out of here. So I came out, and as I'm coming out, Jimmy Collins is walking by, walking by the store, right? Uh-huh. He looked at me. He said, young fella, you know you're not supposed to be in there. <laughs> I said, oh, man. I was like, coach. I was like, man, why, 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 are you trying to, why are you trying to play me, coach? Why are you trying to play me? 
<laughs> and he, man, he laughed, and man, so we, we we talked for a little bit, you know, introduced myself, and you know, he asked, you know, asked us all, you know, where we're in school and that sort of thing. But just sure, just a sure. real man, just a real genuine nice nice guy, man. So right. uh, so yeah, we're gonna gonna miss him. But condolences out to uh, to the Collins family and all all of his players uh, that are out there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, that's that's a great story. Remind me going forward. If we, I got some Ernie Banks stories and a couple other ones that are. That are, that are oh, I got man. Hey, I got some Uncle. I got some Uncle Ernie stories, boy. <laughs> they, they, they I can't. I can't share all of those though. Uh, well, yeah, the one I got, it'll flip your wig. But uh, but yeah, man, you know, it just it it calls to mind that you know, again, like I just saying, we got to realize people are people. You know, sometimes we put them on a pedestal. Sometimes we think they're, you know, uh, uh, I don't say above us, but they're far removed from us that, you know, we're not certain how to approach a person uh, and just realize that, you know, at the end of the day, they're just people, too. And when you can have a real moment like you did, it's like, man, dude, that's something, you know, you obviously, you know, you still remember it like it was yesterday and you take yeah, it with you. Yeah. And it's just like, man, cool. It's like a cool feeling. And, and that's basically what you encountered was. I'm sure what all the people that he recruited and their families uh, encountered when they met met him and why he was able to recruit as successfully as he did because he just knew how to talk to people. He you know he yeah. he he addressed the person that you are, not the person that you know people might want you to be or whatever. And and you know he just built that kind of base and communication from from that point. So yeah, that's 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 testament to the to the to the person that he, that he was. Yeah, man. Like so, like I didn't really know much of him outside of the the successful years he had at UIC. Mm-hmm. So like I went and did my research on him, you know, cause I seen, you know, a lot of people was talking about him on social media, guys that's younger than me, but of course are in the basketball world. But, you know, and then when I knew we were going to discuss it, I'm like, let me, let me look up on him. And, and then I saw like, like, man, like, I always thought the guy was from Chicago. Just, just yeah, you yeah, know, right. you know, seeing the things. But then I'm like, oh wait, he's from Syracuse, New York. Oh, he dropped, got drafted by the Bulls. Oh, so this guy came to Chicago and made Chicago home. Mm-hmm. That's what he did, and and he's a major part of of Illinois basketball history. I mean, he he made Chicago his his spot to to recruit once he got into coaching and he made, he took, he came and got the best of the best within the city and took them down to Illinois. And, you know, and that final four trip in 89, like, it's like, we still to this day wishing our talent stay home. Like, like that, you know, like, you know, and, and then what he did at UIC and for the few years he did that, even with that team, like at that time I was a big Westerhouse guy. I had a cousin who played for Westerhouse. So like when I saw Cedric Banks and Martel Bailey there, like I'm like, man, I need to watch these guys because I watched them at, at Westerhouse and, you know, and the success they had, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, it was, it was major success for where they were sure, for the school sure. they was at, you know, and like, so you know, that was that stood out to me, like just the fact that he came here as a draft pick and he made Chicago his home. And and he's like a historic figure within our city. And he's not even born and raised here. That that says something to me. 
Yeah, I, it's it's funny because I I can't I don't have an accurate uh, a recall like a story like uh, like Ez had, but it's like I remember meeting him on on like more than one occasion, and, and I think initially, uh, you know, we had the last episode. My our, my nephew, who's a basketball coach, uh, his father, my brother, was a basketball mm-hmm. coach, and he he started out uh, at Bremen High School, but then the next high school he was at was Proviso East. And while he was at Provi- his first year at Proviso East was when you had Sherelle Ford, Donnie Boyce, and Michael Findlay. And Sherelle Ford was one of the players at Jimmy Collins when he got that, co- that head coaching job at UIC. Sherelle mm-hmm. Ford wound up at UIC. So mm-hmm. I remember, I think my brother at that time had left and went to Eastern Illinois. And I think maybe Eastern might have played UIC. And so I think my family might have gone to the pavilion to you know, watch a game. And I think after the game, you know, the coaches were talking and stuff. So I kind of remember like, medium but it, it could have been through you know the job as well um but he just always seemed very affable uh easy person to talk to you know easy person to be around but you know very comfortable and confident in, in who he was and just you know like hey you know it, it's it's basketball you know it's, yeah. it's part it's, it's life but you know keep it in perspective and you can do things with it but you know I, i'm not you know it's not brain surgery it's not rocket science you know we're not saving the world it's just you know it's basketball and and, and enjoy it you know, that's right. Hey, let's move on uh, to those picks, man. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Uh, so I had a rough week again because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> I went one and two. But um, let me tell the people how you went one and two. You should have been two <laughs> and one. Okay, okay, okay. Let's go. So Monday night, I, I, I took the I took the Browns. I took the Browns plus three yeah. uh, against the Ravens. So Monday, I'm watching the game Monday night, and I'm thinking, oh, I got this in the bag. The Browns have their final play, and I'm like, yeah, this game is over. No way they, they, they're going 80, uh, 75 yards on this. They do this little flea flicker play, and I'm like, okay, they, they, they might do something with it. But, you know, hey, just, you know, whatever. I'm not thinking that they could get, you know, the Ravens to score here. <laughs> And somehow they end up in the end zone for a safety, and the Ravens win 47-42, and I lose. So, uh, yeah. That's that, the Mickey the Mush, man, coming coming at me, man. So, I'm one and, one and two, uh, three and nine overall. Glenn, you had a rough weekend, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you at 0-3. You're yeah, uh, yeah. four and eight overall. And yeah. Smoke had a nice, nice two and one. Shocking. It's nice two and yeah. one, and yeah, yeah. And by shocking, I mean not at all. That's what this guy does every week. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, you are now nine and three. Nine and three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so man, man, I'm, I, I'm, man, I I need to seriously think about you know, <laughs> using you to do a parlay, man. Just think, man. If we just followed his parlay. Man, just think about all those bills you'd have paid off. Just about all the yeah, Christmas man, gifts you yeah. could have bought. Man, think about that man, nice Christmas man. gifts, uh, credit cards paid off. <laughs> man. All that, man. That, that trip to Hawaii, you know, once COVID <laughs> is over with. But you can get a good That's discount great. now. Oh, you can get a great, man. man. You, can get, great you can get to Hawaii discount. for 20 bucks. 20 bucks right now, get to Hawaii. <laughs> if you, if you want to risk it. <laughs> but uh, so I guess I'll start off. I'm going to take Notre Dame. They're really? getting ten and a half against Clemson. Really? I think Clemson's going to win the game, but yeah, Notre Dame's getting ten and a half, man. That's that's insane. They won yeah. the other game. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm taking I'm taking the Golden Domers to cover there. 
Um, and then on the NFL side, I'm gonna take the Rams minus. I mean, a plus seventeen and a half. Is it moved up to seventeen? It was thirteen. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. It's seven. Seven. I got it at seventeen and a half here. Oh my god. Yeah. So I'm. I'm. I'll, I'll give the Jets those seventeen and a half, and I'm gonna take the Ram all day because their offense is putrid. I'm gonna take Man. Green Bay. I'm gonna take Green Bay plus the eight and a half. Yeah, that was that over, was over Carolina. Yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah. So uh, to recap, Notre Dame, uh, the Ram, and the Packers. Glenn, what you got? Okay. Um... I am going to drop my Rams. <laughs> That's 17 and a half. And I'm going to piggyback off of your golden domers because that just sounds unreal to me, which probably means that, you know, Clemson will win by four. Right. Right. Um, so, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take them. And I've got, uh, you know, they did, they messed me up last week, but I'm actually going to roll with the bears getting three on the road against Minnesota. <laughs> And I've got uh, Kansas City uh, minus three on the road against New Orleans. So the Golden Domers plus 10, you said 10 and a half for, for Notre Dame? Yeah, 10 and a half. Golden Domers plus 10 and a half. I've got the Bears minus, uh, the Bears, sorry, the Bears plus three. And I've got uh, KC minus three. So, so quick question. GM, how yeah. did you pick the Chiefs the past three weeks? Yeah, that's the third week in a row. Uh, am I am I wrong? I'm yeah, just I got to get it right eventually, right? <laughs> well, no. Well, I'm I'm just yeah. like damn, yeah. like damn. They haven't they they haven't hit for you yet. That's that's just odd. Like the Chiefs. That's why I'm like, damn. Yeah, like, why wow. does he keep doing that to himself? Did you ever watch that episode of uh, The Simpsons <laughs> where uh, Krusty the Clown is betting on the Washington Generals against the Harlem Globetrotters? <laughs> And his accountant's like, "What are you doing?" And Crusty's like, "Crusty's like, ah, I thought they were due, man." But it's, but it's like, wow, the Chiefs of all teams. It's like, it seemed like they'll be an easy, well, easy win every week. They were, they were killing Miami at one point. I'm like, oh, I got this in the bag. Next thing you know, I look up, I'm like, oh, really? You lose by six, or you win by six? Really? You could couldn't keep them from, you know, could keep ten, could keep that ten point lead, huh? Wow. So, but hey, like I said, I'm like Crusty. <laughs> I figure I'm due. <laughs> Smoke, you the dog. What you got? <laughs> I still, I'm going Ohio State plus twenty and a half. I mean, minus yeah, minus, minus 20, twenty and a half over uh, Northwestern. Right. Um, also, it's a clean sweep across the board for us. I got Notre Dame as well. Uh, with the ten and a half. Uh, plus ten and a half for Clemson, and then I'm also going Bears minus three. All right, I'm two and one already. Woohoo! <laughs> Look at y'all buying into the Bears. They 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 got a win, and now you now you're back on the bandwagon. Well, so good for so you guys. I'm not back on the bandwagon. I just I just playoffs here we come. I just I, I told y'all earlier, even though I picked the Vikings the first week. I ain't picking them twice against the Bears. I don't. You don't gotta. You don't gotta defend it. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yes, cer- certainly not with our records. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, we, we live in a glass house. We can't throw no That's stones right. at you, man. That's right. Hey, that's gonna do it for 
this week's episode of EZ Smoke in the GM Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please subscribe. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you find all of your favorite podcasts. iHeartRadio. Uh, iHeart we, we are finally on iHeartRadio. Yes. So uh, definitely check us out there. Um, also, you can follow us at Instagram at um, ez.smoke.gm. Uh, so follow us there. Give us some comments. Tell us what you think. Um, and yeah, we just always look forward to to, to, to seeing those and uh, look forward. We have a lot of fun doing this show. So I hope you guys enjoy it as well. GM, take us out. Yes, sir. Hey, it's like we always say, we ain't saying we're right. We just don't think we're wrong. We'll catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>